0: Hey, what's up? Quick announcement here. Just got back, uh, from US-Canada trip. I took a little mini vacation, aka, uh, the four-hour work week, Tim, um, style. Uh, shout out to Tim Ferris. Uh, and gotta tell you, it is quite boring and I'm getting really fat. <laughs> <laughs> all the junk food in the US and Canada didn't help so uh, just got back here uh, a month already and uh, trying to get my health uh, back in order Um, and have lost about uh 5 kg yeah I'm l- uh, reading a lot of literature about uh, health and diving into a lot of uh, psychological habits on uh, how people lose weight gain weight and why they gain it back so if you have a friend uh, or you yourself has tried all sorts of funky diet exercise gym uh, and uh, and gym instructors and all that have not worked. Uh, send me an email and I'm interested to help. I have about three slots that I can help three persons. So, first come, first serve um, email is us at Brian Victor, Brian for uh, Looking forward to hear your stories and see how I can help you guys. <laughs> Hey podcast listeners, welcome to episode 31 of Misfits. This is where I speak to the rebels, the outliers and the unconventionals of Singapore. Try to see things as how they see it and to learn from them. Some of these individuals include Claire Chang, co-founder of the Banyan Tree Resort, Taking Soon, who is the architect behind the People's Park Complex, Agent Punk, and a whole lot more. And today on the show, we have Annabelle Kwok. She's the founder of Neuro Bay, an artificial intelligence company that specializes in vision analytics. Annabelle consults with companies on AI-driven solutions and was previously the founding CEO of Smart Cow. At 20, she traveled alone for six weeks in Togo, West Africa. She has witnessed people fainting from malaria, getting robbed at knife point, and balanced buckets of water on her head. At 22, she met US President Barack Obama. On a personal note, Annabelle is a black belt in Taekwondo, a licensed windsurfer, and an avid runner. In this conversation, we spoke about why did Annabelle decide to join the 10-day silent retreat, not once, but twice, Um, and why did she decide to run a marathon in North Korea, and her experiences of traveling alone in Togo, West Africa for six weeks so I hope you uh, enjoy this conversation as much as I do Um, it's truly very fascinating I mean just to to go show how long we've talked for almost three hours so without further ado
1: so it's like yeah so after a while I kind of got like obsessed with like oh my god what if I could hack my sleep you know because when you start researching on this kind of Wikipedia topics polyphasic
0: sleeping oh yeah
1: polyphasic sleeping
0: and uh, what else is there a Lucid dreaming, lucid dreaming. Yeah, so, consciousness
1: hacking, oh, s- yeah. whole rabbit hole. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I went down that whole rabbit hole of it. Uh polyphasic sleeping was not practical at all because you know you had to go to class and school and you yeah. can't just like. Okay, what's Annabelle doing? Sleeping in lecture is part of her. It is, is part Our of routine. being healthy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I don't think it's. I don't think it's part of being healthy. I think no. people want to hack more. It's so people want to hack more time out of their schedules, right?
1: No, but, but, but I started exploring lucid dreaming because <coughs> it was a very interesting concept where you can, uh, you know, it's kind of like just thinking in your sleep. You're very aware of things and what when you first start lucid dreaming, at least for me, I started revisiting a lot of old memories oh, wow. and things that you don't normally would uh, remember in like daily life, it just appears very vividly and you live through it. You walk through the sounds, same house that you go really to. it. Like,
0: kind of like hypnosis too, right?
1: Oh yeah, I, I dabbled in that as well oh my,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god tell me a little bit about lucid dreaming so what's the, what's the 101 for uh, lucid dreaming
1: uh, 101 for lucid dreaming is uh, don't freak out <laughs> yeah because but once how do, how do you do
0: it how do
1: you do it mm, so one thing about lucid dreaming is that one of the main draw I think one of the main, uh, draw... as in one of the main what do you call it mistakes that people make is that when they are in their lucid dream, they have no control over it and they think that it is reality. But you need to kinda learn how to control it to the point where you know that okay, this is in a dream, this is not real, although it feels very, very real to you it's not. And once you are able to acknowledge that this is actually a dream and this is not reality, you are more able to, you know, slowly learn how to control things that happens within your dream.
0: Oh, so for, I guess the first step is like to be self-aware that you are in a dream.
1: Yeah, but it's really hard because the lines between uh, reality and, and and dream is very... Um, but, but at the... least when you
0: prepare before you go to sleep that you want to be lucid dreaming, you...
1: Oh, no, no, no. Okay, so let me give you an example. I oh, think you, it was like you, a... a... Because,
0: because you know that like when you when you wake up and then you went back to sleep yeah. again, the chances of dreaming are way, way higher.
1: Mm true that. Uh, that's four hours into your sleep, usually. Um uh, okay. four hours into your sleep, and then you can, I think, this is like a one on one or lucid dream <laughs> But, but, no, no. So, I'll give you a very, very, uh, very, very quick example. So, I think about a few weeks ago, uh, I had this lucid dream. So, I, it was a dream, but I thought it was real. So, I, I thought I woke up, I looked at my phone, it was 8 a.m., and I was like, ah, still early, I can go back to sleep. And then I just went back to sleep. And then when I really woke up, it was 6 a.m. Right, so it's kind of like you know, it's like. So you is didn't this know, you didn't know you're
0: in a dream then.
1: I didn't know. Yeah.
0: So, but this, so would you then consider that lucid dreaming or or not?
1: Yeah, it is lucid dreaming, it, because you are very aware. Like I was very aware that I looked, I picked up my phone, looked at it, eight a.m., and then put it back, and I was like, thought that okay, I still have time to
0: sleep. So what's the difference between like dreaming and lucid dreaming then? Because that just sounds like a normal, regular dream, isn't it?
1: It's more vivid, and you have more control over it. Uh, and um, I don't know. It, it, it's very different from a regular dream. You remember most of the things in your lucid dream as well. So it's like a state of awareness within your dream itself.
0: Ah, and you do you want to quickly like take out your journal and start like writing your dreams?
1: Oh, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a writer. Oh. <laughs> no, because if they, if they say that but, if, yeah. if
0: you were to forget. Uh, I mean, if you were to not write it down, you'd just forget about it, right?
1: Yeah, but I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we all are. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's, I think that for me, for, for me, that was like um, human psychology 101, everyone's lazy. Okay. So if you look, look I mean, if, I, it, sometimes like when I don't understand why people do the things they do, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, everyone's just lazy. It's like, oh, okay, okay. Now, yeah, I got it now. Mommy. There's, there's a
1: difference, right? Oh, it's oh. Oh, your alarm.
0: Telling me to eat.
1: Oh, Really?
0: Yeah. So are I, you on the
1: eight meal a day? Thing?
0: Uh, no. But what I realized that uh, when I so what happened was that when I if I were to eat dinner when I'm super hungry, yeah. I would like tend to eat a lot more than I should. Uh, so if I were to break up like the lunch dinner thing at three p.m., which is like right now, right? Yeah. Um. Then I would go into dinner not being f- really really hungry, uh, and then I'll just eat like what I should be eating.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. But some, not, not everyone have that problem. I'm I'm like a huge... I, I'm not good at moderation. Let's just put it that way.
1: Alright. <laughs> <laughs> what about if you just eat like popcorn and th- things like that? It'll trick your brain into thinking that, oh, I'm eating a lot, but actually it's not a lot.
0: If uh, You mean for dinner or what?
1: Yeah, for dinner. Like popcorn for dinner, yay! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why well, you might you might want to eat a lot till you have because you still feel hungry, is it? Your 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 stomach telling you.
1: Are You sure you feel hungry or you feel greedy? There's a very fine line between. Correct, them.
0: correct, correct. So what some of the theory is that uh, and 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 I mean makes sense to me as well, right? Is that when you eat, um, your food takes time to go into the stomach, yeah. right? But when I eat when I'm hungry. Uh, I would eat a lot faster, mm-hmm. and you know, like portion more food than I should. Yeah. So I would like eat way more because of that.
1: Ah, so
0: I see. yes, it's greedy, but at the same time, it's like. It's like this: your biological uh, uh, feedback loop telling you that you're hungry, so you just uh, eat more than we should.
1: Okay, okay. I mean, I guess you could tell yourself to chew slower and drink more water instead of setting alarms on yes. throughout the entire day. Yes, you could. And then you start freaking out like, "Oh no, I'm uh, it's 3 p.m. Where's my food?"
0: Oh, now I'm now I'm way better. Um, but but bef- now with this understanding, I'm yeah. way better. Oh, I think before that it was just like, Oh hungry and then go eat. I think a part of like growing up is just trying to understand like your own my own physical body, like and how I acted like stupidly or correctly yeah. uh in those situations.
1: That's very interesting, right? It's like we were we were taught from a very young age that we have to have three meals a day, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Sometimes maybe supper, but supper is, you know, if you are a good kid, right? And then but whoever said that we must have three meals a day, right?
0: Oh no, hundred percent.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel like we are overeating, even with like three full meals a day, like a uh, lunchtime chicken rice, uh, breakfast, maybe, I don't know what, and dinner, something else. It's like, it's kind of like overeating. You don't really yeah, well, eat that much fruit. I mean,
0: you, I mean, you, we're going to jump on a little bit around, but I mean, there's people who are monks who only eat one meal a day, right? Yeah. And they only eat in, in, in the, in the morning, which is probably like the best time to eat. And, Um, I guess a lot of times, uh, we, we do suffer from this whole idea that these are all assumptions being passed down, right? Uh Remember back in the days, this is something interesting, right? Maybe they didn't know. Um, the health promotion board, remember the, the healthy triangle?
1: Uh huh, yeah, yeah.
0: Right? They don't have, they don't have it anymore.
1: Oh!
0: Remember what is at the bottom? At the of... Top
1: is silent.
0: <laughs> Remember what is at the bottom of of the of the triangle?
1: Uh, rice, right? And bread. Ah, so. Now what what did
0: what, do they, what do they say?
1: Uh, less rice, ah, oh. <laughs> less bread. Okay, that's very interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, on, on on it's interesting to know that uh uh and 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 to just sort of like see how history sort of like repeats itself. Like most of us do not know like like. What is correct or wrong? Maybe what we think we know right now, like, if you go look back 30 years later, yeah. and then we're like, actually, why do we even believe that the world is in a circle, right?
1: Correct. And no, but, but that's based on the assumption that the same chicken last time is the same chicken as, as today. Because like the chicken today might be fattier, has more higher nutritional content, etc. So we don't, we might not need as much of this that, that food in particular or like other kinds of food.
0: Oh no, 100%. Uh, I mean, also like the GMO, the advancement GMO. Yeah. And then what if down the road is the whole... Um, uh, fact, what are they printing? Printing meat right now, or something like that? Right, they're growing. They're growing meat in the lab. Yeah, that's like the, yeah. the the latest thing, isn't it? So it's like, well, what about that? How do we like derive nutrition from like grown meat, right? All right.
1: Oh, oh, here's a very fun fact. Okay, so 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 this is one of my fun facts. Uh, don't take it as hundred percent true. Go research it for yourself. Uh, but it's like in the I think I think chicken chicken only recently became a popular meat about like fifteen hundred years ago. Right? Mm. like? So during the World War Two, they wanted to give all the good meat to the army soldiers. All uh, right. So there was uh, all the cows and all the mutton and all the red meats. Yeah. So the citizens needed like a quick growing source of protein. So it was like chicken, you know, high in protein, very quick, very easy to grow. So they started farming a lot of chickens for the citizens to eat. And after World War II, the chicken farmers were like, hey, this is such great money. I mean, it's, it's a very fast turnover of crops. So so like they, they started playing like propagandist uh, kind of like radio clips. It's like chicken, it is the meat of the future. Eat chicken. Chicken is good for you. So, of course, then you, you, you kind of like make it ways, to, find ways to make it more appetizing, which is like f- deep frying them. <laughs> so, I mean like a growing population like China or India, where they have to, you know, they have to find a, a quick source of protein to actually feed their, 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 their nation. Uh, they're also looking at all this kind of GM chicken and f- deep frying them. And they're going to face the same problems as the Americans did, which is obesity. So, but that is a very interesting fun fact.
0: Oh, I mean, look, I mean, it's, I, I, I 100% believe you uh, uh, in that, you know. I, I would say the same thing could apply for roses. Oh. Yeah, the, the reason why roses are being chosen as the flower for the Valentine's, which, you know, uh, tomorrow. tomorrow, right, yeah. is because they're very hardy. They're a very hardy bunch of flowers, and they can be transported from uh, one country to another country without uh, being bruised a lot and still remain uh, intact.
1: Oh, okay, okay, right right I mean oh
0: I think potato potato was was probably also have to sound the same same story as well. <laughs> Imagine all this thing that we're eating.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's not necessarily good for us, but it's just easy to e- easy commercially to, to to grow and sell.
0: Hundred yeah. percent. Uh yeah, potato for sure. Uh one potato can grow like uh uh just the amount of potato per plot of land. It's so much, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, there's a lot of incentive to, uh, advertise potato. I think bacon has sort of the same story as, as well. One of those, like, a marketer was like, so smart and then like, da 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 da, this is bacon and it's so good for you. And it's like, the meat for the breakfast. I was like, well, like, why? No one really asked. And sort of just like, oh, yeah, it tastes great. Uh, let's do it. Uh. Yeah, is
1: Cereals for breakfast and everything?
0: Oh, cereals is probably like...
1: Marketing, a big yeah. marketing campaign.
0: 100%. We live in the world of marketing, you know. Like, I think one of those... Um, yeah, we, we, we cannot... Yeah, it's hard to believe things once you, like, um, unveil... <laughs>
1: yeah so you may not necessarily need three meals a day <laughs> <laughs> there we go yeah hey
0: so let's get let's get started uh um today so i kind of I kind of want to like jump in really quickly on uh I saw an email uh that you sent over i was like w- did I read wrongly what what ha- what was going on there with the North Korea and running <laughs> and I was like what okay well like, I need to know about this. So why don't we start off then? <laughs>
1: Yeah, so like I'm going on a holiday to North Korea, yay! Um, <laughs> I know, right? It's like the perfect holiday destination. Um, no, it, it's definitely freaking my mom out. It's not, it's not resonating. Very I well I
0: don't now. think you have been doing things that your moms have not been freaking out about.
1: Yeah, it's okay. We're gonna, I we're mean,
0: gonna dive in a little bit about uh Togo later, but let's oh, yeah, North okay. Korea, right no, <laughs> Africa,
1: right? No, so so okay, my mom has a right to freak out, right? She as a mother, she's her job is to worry for her kid, which is me. But then as a kid, I'm like, you know, this is my life. I'm going to lead it my way. And uh, I just find North Korea very fascinating because there is this whole, you know, uh, the, the media likes to paint it as this, this this, this, very closed up nation and the people don't know any better for themselves and all their views are all influenced by the media. But I really want to see things for myself. So if you know anything about me, I'm just really, really, really stubborn. <laughs> and I, I don't respect authority just for the sake of, authority uh, that they are in the high position but I, I if they make sense of course I would I respect that but I need to find out why yeah high five <laughs> Yeah, let's get the audio. High five!
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, so yeah, so um, no, I, I, I it's, it's a very fascinating country, and um, uh, I, I'm going in without the, the, without saying that. Oh no, you know, I'm going there, and then they have all this kind of, they are mistreating the people. But I just going there with an open mindset to just see, uh, what, what is it that makes, uh, makes North Korea so livable for all the people over there? And if they are happy, that means they are doing something right. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, it might not be right in the eyes of the world that we live in, but it might be right in their eyes. And, you know, if they're happy, then, you know, why, why, why do you care? <laughs> so, so I'm going there to actually run a marathon. Uh, I'm not sure that I'm, so, I, I will do the full, uh, 42km marathon, or should I just do a 10k, because, you know, I, uh, uh, they, it's a serious marathon where you run alongside North Koreans and you start and end in the Kim Il Sung Stadium where at least fifty thousand North Koreans will be like, yay, cheer you on. And as you're running, they'll just stand by the roadside to cheer you on. Uh, but I, I, I just, I definitely don't want to throw uh the face of uh Singapore or or, or Chinese like foreigners or anything down the drain. So I'm like, if I'm gonna run ten k, I'm gonna either like run really fast or I'm gonna like pace myself so that I have enough energy to talk to the North Koreans uh as I'm running because I. I doubt that during the tour group within the next five days, uh, I will have the opportunity to really mingle and interact with uh, any North Korean I want. So, so yeah, it's it's either I, I, it's an experience of a lifetime.
0: Well, well, first, how, how, uh, well, well, is this is this a, a North Korea event to invite runners?
1: Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's like their fifth or sixth year or, uh, organizing it or what. Like. Okay. So there's like a, there are, there are tour agencies who organize, uh, groups to go into North Korea and each tour groups about like 18 to 20 people. So it was very funny. My dad, my dad does like marathons and, and triathlons still at this age and he was at this running convention and he came back one day and he was like, Mei oh, 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 oh. Mei, Annabelle come and look at this <laughs> and then he he puts this North Korea uh brochure for the marathon on the table and it was like Pyongyang Marathon and you're at the back it's like 50,000 people to cheer you on and I was like Daddy how in the world are they getting 50,000 people to cheer you on even if you're like an amateur runner I was like very simple one. You just ask them to chill they chill. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, that's what you think, but maybe let's go there and find out for themselves whether how is it that they build up the hype or, or what's a, what's the story that they're telling the people or what's the story oh, yeah. that the people choose to believe. Let's so, let's uh
0: yeah. when when is this gonna be?
1: Uh April. First I think first or second week of April. Okay.
0: We do need to uh, schedule a second session to talk <laughs> so, about that.
1: So right, okay. So here's my travel plan. So uh Singapore I'm gonna fly to Beijing because from Beijing you take a flight. Into North Korea, yeah, Uh, yeah. and after uh, North Korea, I'm going back to Beijing, crashing in with a friend, and then after that, I'm going to Shanghai to speak at the uh, NYU campus uh, there. And after Shanghai, I'm flying to Tehran to have a dinner with the speakers uh, in Iran Uh, because and and then after uh, that night, they'll fly us to Kish Island where I'll give a talk on something about AI, probably to the Iranian community, which is gonna be the first ever conference uh, for the startup community with foreign influence. I heard
0: a lot of good things. Uh, no. In the Iran uh, startup community, actually. Yes, yes. I think Lemonade, I think Pfeiffer are all from there.
1: Oh. Wrong. I love Fiverr. <laughs> <laughs> I always click the weird or crazy category.
0: <laughs> what is the weirdest thing you have made on Pfeiffer? Uh,
1: you have a chase on Fiverr. Okay. Um. So it was my friend's birthday, and uh, it was you know. Okay. So Fiverr is this website that sells everything for five dollars, right? Yeah, so we'll uh, yeah. So people can
0: find a gig.
1: <laughs> yeah. So 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 okay. So imagine this. Um. This this uh Indian man uh, dressed in a uh, what do you call it? A, a skirt made out of leaves. Uh. And you know a garland of leaves around his neck. He climbs up a coconut tree, gets a coconut throws it on the floor and then he comes back down he opens the coconut and goes oh what's this what's this happy birthday Wei Ling. oh uh, and I bought that for my friend's birthday <laughs> and then my friend was like what the fuck Edinburgh? what the fuck <laughs> wait do you need to censor that almost probably but
0: yeah <laughs> feel free to swear away unless you want to cut it out we can cut it out too <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that, that's quite funny we do we do need to uh, is that gig still available?
1: I have no idea. It was quite quite a while uh, back. It was like my uh, university days. Okay, uh, we're, we're trying uh, yeah. to find it. <laughs> 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 hey,
0: yeah. so um, so we let's come back again uh to talk about the uh, uh North the exam time we can come yeah. back, um. But you know we spoke a little bit about learning, and I mean, uh, kind of understand that like uh you are driven sort of by curiosity, yeah. and love to to understand the unknown, um. We, and and then we, we talked a little bit about on Facebook. We talk about the holy trifactor of learning. <laughs> I was like, well, okay, I didn't know about that. Like, so well, that,
1: that's my self-declared <laughs> holy trifactor of learning. <laughs>
0: but but why did that came about? And you know, like like why why is that? Why why should that be a holy trifactor? Mm. Oh well, let's give some context, which is arts. Uh, was that? Intelligence yes. and arts, right?
1: Uh, so sports, uh, the arts, and of course uh, knowledge, right? Uh, as in. Okay, so so I came up with this concept when I was uh, 18 years old uh, on my birthday when I went through an existential crisis, <laughs> right? Um, <clears throat> So, you know, how every birthday, I mean, I'm sure you would have experienced it too. It'd be like, oh, why am I alive? What have I done with my life? These kind of questions. Uh, but, and and some people set goals. Uh, I
0: still go
1: through that every day. <laughs> oh, oh, me too, me too, me too. Uh, yeah, but some people set goals on what they want to achieve and what they want to tar- uh, target. But, how I how I set uh, my direction forward is, what is it about me that I want to change, or what is it about myself that I want to work on? It's less so on, or oh, I want to I want to go North Korea, or I want to I want to you know reach um MD position in a certain company. But it's, what is it about myself that I want to change? So. I figured out this. So it's like, um, I think back when I was 18 years old, I was really into sports and I realized that actually sports plays a huge role in my life. It teaches you a lot about, uh, team dynamics, uh, how, and, and sports, good sportsmanship. So for example, if you lose a race, you don't get all sulky and then, you know, pretend to congratulate the other person because you, you congratulate the other person with, you know, your whole heart because you really respect them for all the effort that they've put in to actually run that. I don't know, ten seconds faster than you, or or something like that. That they are actually better than you, and that you are, uh, although you think you are good, but then you are not the best, right? And then also when you run a run a marathon or anything, you know, you need to learn how to pace yourself uh, instead of just sprinting all the way, and then after a while you you realize, oh no, I have no energy for the rest. So you, if you see a lot of the startup people, uh, they they end up getting burnt out. But I mean, with the sports training and you are practicing every day as you are running, and you tell yourself pace yourself, pace yourself, uh, you know, it really gets into you. And the other lessons is also kind of like um, every day is different so every day although you try to be better than the the day before it might not necessarily be so because um, maybe that night you just had less sleep or something like that and of course you're gonna feel really bad about yourself but how do you actually uh, mitigate this this bad feeling such that you don't take yourself too seriously and you let it affect the rest of your day for example Right, so uh, yeah, I mean, you, there's a lot of lessons to learn from sports, especially in shaping the mindset that uh you have, uh towards towards life and towards everything that you do, even in interacting with people, uh and on your work. And then uh, as for let's say knowledge, of course, you want to be smart, right? Uh, you um, cram yourself with with more knowledge, watch documentaries, uh, talk to people, learn from their experiences. Uh, which most people don't, you know, they just depend on school textbook. Uh, just 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 look for different sources of information, and I'm a big proponent for non-linear learning. Uh, because if you if you if you if you just learn uh, linearly, you tend to end up within a bubble, and then you uh you don't really get to see uh the perspective of other people, or or you aren't able to draw the connections between like uh two really random uh, sources of information if nobody tells it to you. When someone tells it to you, it looks very obvious. Well, that's,
0: that's but... creativity, isn't it?
1: Uh, well, you able to
0: connect like two. Tool...
1: Well, you can see it as creativity, but, uh, I just see it as, oh, it makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah. And as for, as for the arts, of course, it teaches you how to get in touch with uh, your inner self, uh, and also with, um, with emotions, because if you just focus on just knowledge, 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 knowledge alone, you're gonna end up like a robot, right? And like, uh, maybe just a very, um, you know, the, the, the stereotypical mathematician or the stereotypical engineer or researcher. He was just like in his own words, like, no, 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 okay. But I mean, life is about interacting with people and you are human and so be a human. So I, I, I took up acting, uh, and acting really makes you question who am I, right? So you have to understand who you are before you actually play another character and you realize that a lot of people are actually playing characters uh, in their day because they're... Probably it's because they're insecure or what, but they feel the need to put a mask on top of them when they talk to people. It, to hide maybe their insecurities or their weaknesses, always telling you a very rosy picture, things like that. Or some people who just enjoy wallowing in their sorrow. But by analysing all these kind of things, you understand where are they coming from because when you play a different character in acting, you get into their shoes, you get into their mindset and you learn empathy and you learn compassion and when you play and when you play music or listen to music you know you you can't talk who's there to talk to so it really trains you how to still yourself silence yourself listen and try to just, just, just listen, right? So, I mean, let's say, let's put classical music. There's no lyrics, no nothing, but it takes you through a whole emotional roller coaster through, through that one, right? So, uh, yeah, I have no business training. I, I studied mathematics, uh, but yet, uh, you know, why I can do what I do today is because of a whole combination of all these foundations that I set for myself in the past. So when I go on stage to talk and give talks, I'm like, yeah, acting training, you know, must shazzle dazzle a little bit, you know, how to, how to bring them because it's a very technical talk you know how to keep them um, you know excited what's their motivation coming from uh, so it's like for example uh, and also you know uh, how do you uh, go into meetings you know how do you actually play with the energy in within the room such that you can hold a conversation instead of just you know rambling your piece and waiting for somebody else to to, to listen and, and and respond but it's kind of like you know have a natural conversation uh and uh, i mean my sports mentality has played a very big uh, role here so it's very it's very funny my grandpa named me Shi Min uh, in, in Mandarin so Shi is poem uh, the same same character for poem and Min is agility so he wanted me to be very well versed in the arts and yet have a very quick and agile mind and uh, yeah I I guess I I I I I grew up to be what he wanted, uh me to be. So so yeah, wherever he is right now, um, yeah, I I hope I made him happy. Bless him. Yeah. He was a very interesting character you know like he was a he was a businessman uh, he got uh, when I was young he'll tell me about stories about how he got robbed by pirates and everything and like you know the in the playground instead of asking me to go down the slide he'll ask me to go up the slide climb up the slide and my mom, will of course would be very angry at him uh, or like the monkey bars he'll make me uh, he'll ask me to sit on top of the monkey bars and then he'll buy like some coffee and tea and he'll just camp there with me in his lap on the monkey Bars, On else? top of the monkey bars. Yeah, wow. a, a very unconventional person. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um. So, well, like, let's you spoke a little bit about um, you know, the existential crisis, <laughs> then linked it to the. I mean, you explained a little bit about the three different trifecta of the holy trifecta. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um.
0: Yeah, but 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 why? You know, like you know like why does it need to be so does it does it mean that you take all three at the same time when you're learning or you know you cycle through them
1: oh no definitely it has to be in parallel all three at the same time but of course you can't focus on all three at the same time so uh, instead of saying that okay i'm just going to do sports and not going to do music and uh, and 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 teach myself uh, new stuff in and in the advances of ai or things like that uh, that's that's a wrong approach right it should always be Ongoing, but maybe at each phase of life, you just focus on 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 just one particular one.
0: Mm, that sounds interesting. And how did that help in the existential crisis?
1: Uh, as in, as in, like what? How it helped this year? Or what?
0: I, I mean, like, does it? Does it? Or you know? No, no. So, so, so. so, uh, so it's, does it? I yeah. Mean, so maybe there's no link between trifecta, the holy trifecta of learning and existential crisis, uh, or is there a link there?
1: Uh, well, the existential crisis. Gave me the epiphany of, I already call it epiphany of that aha uh-huh moment. That okay, I need to divide myself in these three uh, areas. How uh, did, that That was when uh, I was eighteen.
0: Okay. Yeah. Why? So, why?
1: I I guess it stands from the question: Is what am I doing with my life? <laughs> right? And then and then after that, you you ask yourself like, okay, so what have I achieved? And then. Who am I? Because once you ask whoever i achieved, you're looking at the current status and then you ask yourself, Who am I? And of course, you ask yourself, Who am I? Who do I want to be? And uh, the question is, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know anything in particular in terms of career or social status, but I know the values that, that I want to have ingrained with me when I grow up, which is I want to be uh, a genuine person. Uh, I don't want to be putting on a mask when I talk to people uh, in front of my, uh, yeah. Uh, And uh, I want to be able to help others. Uh, And, you know, this, but what I was focusing on was values. Uh, So I thought, okay, how do I instill these values within me? And of course, values is not a very black and white thing. So you have to look at tools to help you. And that's where uh, sports music and knowledge really comes into play.
0: Mm. Yeah. Okay and and do you still have the yearly existential
1: yes uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: i guess uh we are both in the same boat here
1: yeah no I, I think it's healthy to have existential crisis uh every everyone uh ever so often because it's a good pause from the whole uh pace of life right uh where you actually take a step back and go okay what have i done and okay who am I today and where do I want to be? Yeah. And I, and I think it's healthy, like small little ones, rather than you have, you, you choose not to have one for like, I don't know, 20, 30 years. And then all of a sudden you buy a Harley Davidson and you, you get a really, really young partner. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I think the, the, the question is uh, that I'm interested in is so that, you know, like how long is this going to last? And, um, and so I'd be interested in talking to someone in their 40s or 50s and maybe like 70s mm. and they're like, hey, do you still, you know, like ask the question about who am I and you know, like what the, what the hell, I was like, oh yeah, I guess I give that up and you know, when I'm 60, I was like, oh okay, well I guess, you know, then maybe that will be a benchmark for me <laughs> to be like, ah, oh, I guess, you know, yeah. I still have about 45 years to go so you know, take it easy. <laughs> yeah.
1: Definitely, definitely because as long as you're still alive, there's still this uncertainty of where you are going towards, right? And, I think this uncertainty scares uh, all of us, whether or not we acknowledge it or whether or not it's uh, big or small in intensity, but it does scare uh, all of us a little bit, at least inside. And because of that, you know, we might it might call for the need for existential crisis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, also I think one of the reasons... Uh, uh, ye- like I go through it because you know, like, and I don't know if you have the same thing. Is that you know, I achieve most of the things I want to do really early in life, right? So, mm. uh, I have you know started a business, a wedding planning business, which I want to do and, you know, that was successful, became top 10 wedding planner, and then I like, gaffed the business away. <laughs> then, then you know, subsequently, I started this animation business, which is sort of like, uh, the, the the reason was that, hey, you know, like, um, if I could do this, uh, a build business that, you know, I don't need to be client-facing so much mm-hmm. and, and able to, you know, um, create a system that, that elevates uh, my time, uh, and then, uh, then it would be great, you know, for any other goal, down the road, so and so did that, in you know, like a year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, and so it's like, oh well, like okay, so like, well, what's next? And then sort of like, I'm in a loss of, um, like how to prioritize this newfound time that I have. I don't know if you have, you face the same thing because <laughs> you also uh, yeah. did a lot of things, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So that's why I got I was asked this question before uh, by someone. Um, She asked me, it was like, Annabelle, do you consider yourself more successful than the peers of your age? And I'm like, yes, but not on the same level that you're thinking of. Because what I consider successful is the relationships and the friendships that I have with people. The amount of impact, social impact that I have done at least within my my short lifespan, uh, which uh, is still going forward, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> but uh, but not in the sense I don't not in the sense of hey look at me I am a startup founder hey look at me I've spoken in Dubai hey look at me I'm going to Iran to speak and and things like that I. I I don't see success in that form. Uh, I get the most satisfaction out of uh, helping people uh, and seeing the people around me uh, just as happy as well. So yeah, I, I would say I'm successful in that sense, not, right. not not how other people would deem it, like fame, money, and I don't know what else. <laughs> but that's
0: never been what you wanted in the first place, right?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I I I guess as a kid, you know, you would always go like, "Why you know that guy has so much money?" and and I was like, "Oh, you can buy all these things." I mean, as a teen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, deny uh, being jealous of. Of people who have lavish lifestyles or anything. Um, but as I grew up, as I seen more of the world, I see people living in poverty and see people who have lost everyone, their love, uh, their, their, their love, loved ones, like, uh, dad, mom, auntie, uncle, everyone. Uh, it really makes you question what are your priorities in life? And, uh, you know, why are you here? And, um, yeah, and I, tr- I just try to make the best that I can out of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I live. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, um, um, even even optimizing for—I mean, like you're just saying that you kind of want to up- optimize for impact, right? Mm. And and you, you, even that is sort of like like depends on what you're comparing. There's like endless things to compare, right? You know, because mm. cause on one hand you could you could sort of like donate to one charity, and then and then you'll be like. Well, well, what if the same amount of money I could donate to some other charity which have more impact? So things like donor's shoes or effective altruism, uh, would, would, would be, would be some examples of that, right? And then you start questioning that like, hey, like, why do I want to support more malaria than, uh, building a library in a school?
1: (laughs) It never ends. It never ends. But I think, I think, I think one of the, Misconceptions of helping people is that uh, it must be true volunteerism, which I don't believe is a case. So I'll tell you the story. It's like uh, when I was in Africa, uh, I saw a lot of people, um, you know, grow gaunt in their face uh, over a few weeks from malaria, and like within the team of, of uni students that I work with, in the middle of the day they will be like, oh, and I need, I I I'm feeling weak, I'll, I'll go home to rest, or like they will faint midway, and then, and when they faint, uh, it looks like as if they're sleeping because we are just sitting around the table, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so but every day. I was taking doxycycline, which is this anti-malaria pill, every day. I was using uh, mosquito repellent, which Isn't is like the, the spray. Wait, what? Doxycycline? Yeah. Oh no, no, it's actually very, uh, very, very uh, harmful against your body because it cleanses your blood entirely. So if the mosquito comes and lay a lava within your blood, you would just like. <sighs> kill it instantaneously so i think by day four or five of taking this doxycycline i started vomiting because it's, it's really was it's really tough so so but i mean i'd rather eat it than get malaria right uh, <laughs> so uh so doxycycline and uh and and mosquito off uh um, repellent spray and uh when i took out my mosquito repellent spray the african my african friend was like what's that i was like it's a mosquito repellent spray don't you have it and i was like no that's a spray because all they use is mosquito nets and even their mosquito nets has holes so it's like only when you go home when you sleep you are within the mosquito net with holes and getting malaria to them was just like you know oh you got malaria okay just go home and rest it's just like how we say to our friends like hey you have fever okay just go home and rest <clears throat> so and, and it really got me thinking Is like you know is it be- how is it that this is not there right well so while we push the frontiers of science and technology does it reach the people that needs it the most right so one of the things that I'm doing with the current startup is that I'm trying to make it make AI so affordable and easy to use such that you know it will be able to help SMEs and uh, with their productivity and efficiency and if let's say their business does increase then hopefully their their salaried man gets a higher pay and usually this would be a very large impact on the lower to middle income families yeah (laughs) hopefully (laughs) hopefully you know I can't change everything in the world but this is the least that I can do (laughs) and I mean their kids will have better education and everything so so that's my way of helping uh, helping the community through I wouldn't say talent but at least the skill set that I have and I will continue working on it so yeah
0: I mean I, I really do hope that that um, they get a lot more salary
1: <laughs> I, I- <laughs> they ought to yeah hey
0: but um, yeah. let's 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 talk a little bit about um, um Togo since we're on that topic mm. right you know what was that what was that you're 18 when you went
1: yeah right. I, I, was I 18 I think I was like 19, 19. Oh, somewhere and then around I, that I celebrated my 20th birthday okay. and I, so 19 I think. going on okay yeah I'm not sure time I have a very bad sense of time <laughs>
0: Hey, so what was that conversation that sort of made you, like, like spur you to go on that trip? Because I assume that you, you, you your mom didn't really want you to go. Like, I, I guess you know, or maybe your mom really want, won that.
1: No, 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 no. There was, there was no, there was no conversation or no nothing. It was just, uh, I was in university. Uh, I was really frustrated. Or. About being in university because I know it was not for me. Uh, and I just want to go somewhere. Or oh, say so
0: it's the person who like graduated.
1: <laughs> no, okay, so. Okay, I'll tell you my uni story, okay? So, so, so I, I, I do if I had a choice, I would not have gone to uni. If if, 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 I would not have gone to uni. Uh, and I mean, if you talk to a lot of intellectuals nowadays, they will tell, they will advise, you know, the kids not to go to university. But I see it as a form of duty to my parents, right? Because we still live in a somewhat conservative society. And, um, you know, I'm, out of filial piety, I'm just gonna graduate with a cert. Whether or not I need to do well in university, that is a <laughs> question. But at least I need to have a uni degree. Because, I mean, as, I mean, my mom, uh, when we were growing up, you know, every time Chinese career ang pao, she will be like, okay, no, you, you can't spend this, this, so before your, your university later on and things like that. So, you know, there is a sense that she really wants to see me graduate. And although she wouldn't outright stop me if I didn't want to go to uni, but I, I feel that this. This is, you know, the as, as, a, as, a, as her child, this is my duty to her. So so I just tried to graduate really quickly. <laughs> That's why I graduated faster. Uh, but no, I wasn't happy in university. Uh, as in, just sticking to to the whole curriculum and the whole, uh, you know, university bubble. I just wanted to go out. So, you know, I... Why is I, that
0: so? Huh? Is that so? <sighs>
1: hmm. I think it's the environment that we are in, is that I I feel like the professor's job is to instill an interest in the topic, right? To instill curiosity uh, in the topic, such that the students will want to learn more, even after university. Oh, okay. but w- that's what, what you
0: think the professor should be doing.
1: Yeah, okay. I, I think that's what the professor should be doing. Okay. But I mean, in, in, in the university I went to, it was more about grades and, uh, you know, how well you did. And if you didn't do well, that meant that you will have a... You're going to graduate very badly and you have no future in life, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so I really enjoyed um, talking to my professors in private in uni. So I had uh, a few Israeli professors. Uh, one of them uh, was called Prof. Freddy. And he is really very interesting. He wrote a paper on why do ants like to travel in a... In a in a a curve. You know, every time you see entrails on the floor, it's a very nice curvy line. (laughs) And, and, um, he takes inspiration from what's around him in nature, uh, and, you know, turns them into, uh, mathematical concepts that he could explain with numbers. So I really liked his approach and he really did, uh, play a big, uh, big, big influence on me. And like, there's another professor who, who, who was like, Oh, Annabelle, if you were to bomb a ship, should you bomb the ship? Or should you bomb the water beside the ship? Because you just bomb the ship, you just have a hole in the ship. But if you bomb the water in the ship, you might create this huge wave and overturn the entire ship. Ooh. So, so, so of course you had to choose a specific example of a warship there. So we, we did that and then we, were, the, 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 of course the answer is bomb the water by the ship, but, where along the ship do you actually bomb? <laughs> do do you fire fire the the bomb? So I mean, it was topics like that that really got me interested. But less so on the university curriculum. That I was in, right? right. Um. So yeah, yeah.
0: That's funny. yeah. No, I mean, it just got it just reminded me. Well, you have a plan until you get hit in the face, right? Like, yes, I want to bomb the ship at like this x coordinate, yeah. <laughs> like perfectly.
1: The ship is approaching. The ship is approaching. <laughs> let's let's shoot. Like, uh, how many how many is right? I was like, why? <laughs> Wait, but, but since
0: you're on that topic, yeah. where, where should where should one bomb? Uh, in-
1: Ah, uh, it's I mean, okay. So 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 the answer is is, is I mean, it's very specific to that ship uh, right. that is. But it's I can't remember. But it's somewhere. What, what's the theory <laughs> behind was, that?
0: Because you have water and then it creates some sort of impact and then it flips the ship to the side where the ship will sink.
1: Uh yes, to create oh. a huge wave. uh that topples the ship. Got Another it. one is very interesting. Is like. Should you walk or run in the rain? <laughs>
2: oh, I, so, uh, think I, I got yeah. that
0: question once before. What was the answer to that? It's like, same, right?
1: Oh, yeah. So, so I think that paper that, that analyzes whether you should run or walk in the rain, uh, took into consideration wind and your body surface area and the time you take if you were to move, Like right, Like, if you were to move sideways, you <laughs> gotta, you gotta move slower so your time will increase and then the wind is coming around this side. So anyway, the, I think the conclusion was to just get the hell out of that as soon exactly. as possible <laughs> but I mean this kind of topics is fun it's interesting it, oh, yeah. it, it, that's what I want to spend my time learning and, and reading up on Uh, instead of working on curriculum and, 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 and just focusing on like you know uh, past year papers past papers <laughs> which uh, after a while you get the trend of which they set the paper and then you know it was like no not for me yeah
0: Got it. Yeah. So so that's the reason why you didn't really enjoy it.
1: Huh? Mm, yeah, I didn't enjoy it because of all of that. Uh, and, but I do love learning. That that's a that's a thing. I love learning. It's just that, uh, the how I think learning should be uh, conducted is very different from what uh uh you know universities usually enforce. Right. Yeah. Right,
0: right, right. Okay. Um. But so coming back to oh, to- so
1: why Togo? Yeah, yeah. Right. So 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 I just wanted to get away, um, and uh, I right, didn't want to. is the
0: most difficult place to go to,
1: right? It's not. It's oh yeah, it is quite. <laughs> it's quite dangerous. difficult actually. <laughs> no no. It, okay, so 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 like, so okay, so I wanted to go to a country where it wasn't like any other metropolitan uh, country that I've been to. So it's like, you know, London, yeah, shopping malls, you go there, it's like shopping. I wanted to go somewhere different. That, that was what I, I just wanted. And you, you've been to London, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just wanted something different, really, really different. Right. Uh, and I wanted to stay there for a while to... F- to, to really get into the culture because you know every, ever so often when you travel or in tour groups it's like okay let's have uh, one day here one day here one day here you don't really let the culture seep into you and mm-hmm. and to and to interact properly and understand uh, it you know uh, yeah. So anyway, so um, one so I was looking around and I saw. Uh, okay, let's let's try Africa. <laughs> Africa is different, right? Uh, so so I I saw Africa and Togo apparently is the country that's never gotten involved in a world war. So I thought, oh my god, it must be safe. It must be peaceful. So I'll go to Togo. So uh, I went to Togo, but I was robbed at knife point over there. I almost got <laughs> raped. Uh, <laughs> I was chased down the street by a homeless beggar in nothing but like electric blue, like tighty and uh, white. These underwear and things like that, but uh, it was it was a very interesting well, experience. That,
0: but so, do you research uh, before going to Togo, or do you sort of like okay, well, like because you know Togo oh, didn't participate, okay. so sort of like let's buy the ticket and yeah. See what
1: so some people like to plan every single hour of the day uh, when they are on tour or things. I'm just like plane ticket there, plane ticket back. But you did, do but I, you, have... you did
0: figure out the malaria thing, so you got some medications. Oh
1: yeah, of course, of course. I I I am not that. Unintelligent to, uh, just go in there with no preparation at all. Uh, no, of course I did a bit of reading up on, 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 uh, hygiene standards. What is it to look out for and things like that? But what I wanted to do there. I had no clue. So, the first few days in Togo, it was pretty much, you know, uh, YOLO! So, you just sing, you just dance, you mingle with the locals, enjoy, you know, their festivals and things like that. And uh, eventually, you know, when you go to, like, the markets, you see the kids with the very big swollen bellies running around, uh, and you see, you know, malaria, and you see uh, so many homeless people by the roadside, and usually they're the mentally ill, because, you know, um, they don't really have a proper facility for them and they don't have the money to check in, uh, it, it, it gets to you, right? Um, and it you feel like you need to do something about it. Uh, although you don't know what, you just have to do something about it. So in Singapore, I'm not an A student, I'm not anybody special, but when I'm there, you realize that the knowledge that you would think it's just like so. So in Singapore, is very valuable to them. So things like how do you actually run a business? How do you? Uh, what are the rights? Uh, women have you know because in Africa, usually the women just stay at home. And you, to tell them that this is happening elsewhere and that they can do it too. And you know these are some of the mistakes that the civil as in uh as that that that, that the places that I come from have commit uh, have made. What is it that you need to watch out for? How do you actually talk to people and convince them? You know all these kind of things you realize that you do have an impact uh on their society even though you're not the regarded as the best in your current uh world that you live in so it's like yeah it was very interesting
0: so how did that uh turn off events you know um from the first week compared to the last week what was that that happened that right. got you
1: okay so it's like the first week i was just like you know partying around there and like um the, was you it have the first to solo trip no, it wasn't my first solo okay. trip, yeah. Um, but it was like, um, I, okay, so I was living in this, uh, new friend's uh, place, uh, and the toilet literally had no door. The door was a big piece of heavy wood that you do. to hook. <clears throat> put it down the cover. and yeah, also sometimes I just give up I just go to the toilet but to flush the toilet you need to collect water from the the, the water point so you collect you fill a whole uh, basin of water you put it on your head and then you hobble hobble wobble wobble, wobble back to it so it's like the water is not clean water you know it's murky water so I think by I for the first one or two days I put off bathing because I was too lazy to carry so much water I was already you know culture shock it's like oh my god anyway, okay it's okay and then by like day three i was like okay no i need to bathe it is hot this is getting a bit gross so i was like okay so i collected water i i I lifted up the door put it down and look into the water it's murky and it's cold but it's murky and then you go like I need to wash my hair and my face in this really, really murky water. And it's so murky that you can't see the base of the, of, of, of the, of the basin, although it's like quite shallow, you know. It's like really, really murky. So I was like, I think day three, I'm like, why the fuck am I here? I was like, no, wait, but my plane ticket back is in two months, right? Okay. Um, what, how, what is it about Togo that is, that the people enjoy? Alright, what is it about this place that makes it livable? And then once you kind of uh, let go of all the norms that you're used to, which is like bathing in a hot shower and clean water and, and, and you know, these kind of things, you start getting, you, you, you start opening up and you start finding, uh, you know, um, why this is such a really lovely place and why the people are so happy and so embracing and things. So I think the first week was... Kind of tough. I mean, big culture shock. You know, uh, I had to kill chickens, unfortunately, if I want to eat meat. And like, there was no kitchen tools. It was just a piece of stone and another piece of stone and then like, there's a tomato there and then you need to grind it to get tomato puree. And then to cook rice, of course, you need to use charcoal. So like, the first part, I was like, I fan, fan, fan and then you know I'm not used to it and then my hand got tired. I just like really weakly thing and then and then uh fan the the fire and then the fire went out. I'm like, Oh no, no dinner and then my friend was like, Okay, come, let me let me do it for you. But nah, so the first week was tough. But by the last week you really enjoy it. You, you. I was given tribal names. My, my, my name is Ablavi. uh My nickname is Mazalo. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you learn the tribal dances that they do. You joining in the festivals. You, you have a lot of fun, uh, you know. Uh, but, you know, when my African friend says, Oh, Annabelle, when are you... Okay, I, I'll, I'll give up doing the accent. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, Annabelle, when are you coming back? I'm like... Soon, soon, soon. In my mind, I was like, no.
2: <laughs>
1: Once is enough. And then when I came back to Singapore, uh, I took a, I took the bus over to my friend's house and it passed Changi Prison. I'm like, oh, Changi Prison. They have their own, like, water from the tap and they have a bed, like, we have a, although it's a thin mattress, but it's a proper mattress and It's not dusty. And then I, I had, like, some meetings with, like, like, some, some drinks with some friends and they are there telling me about what I miss about office politics and everything. I'm like, Come on, guys. You know, I've seen people, seen, seen people, you know, uh, faint. I've seen people, as in malnourished kids running around. This, this is nothing, you know. Mm. You think it's a world to you, but, you know, it's, it's, it's not. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a very good experience for me. And I was like, I think, uh, I, my night, uh, I 20, uh, early 20s, I guess, in the 1920, I celebrated my 20th birthday there. I, th- I think. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was a very impressionable age for me in this. So, so
0: how, how do you, um, wrestle with the fact that you know, um, on one hand, like you don't want to go back, <laughs> but on the other hand, you know, you know there might be so much impact that you can give to the people if you would to go back.
1: yeah, know? no, no, so, so, I don't mind going back, but not under the same circumstances <laughs> that I've been put through. Uh, if I go back, I will go back to with something to help them. Right, so uh, probably AI in healthcare or something like that, where I could actually make a change. So one thing that uh, I really uh, emphasize on is a bottom-up approach. You gotta live like the people to understand what they need before you shove you know, (laughs) solutions solutions and medical supplies or whatever you think they need to them, right? Because sometimes what you think they need is not what they need. Uh, And even on the surface level, they tell you this is their problem. Maybe they don't know how to express what is the true underlying problem. So you really got to know uh, what is it that they really need to help them. Mm -hmm. So I mean, same with uh, a lot of um, uh, stuff that I do today. It's like when you go to companies, they will say, I want this. And, uh I mean, one this solution for AI, right? And then you go, okay, uh, is it really what you need? Come tell me your business process, etc. And, I mean, like 80% of the time, we identify that that's actually not the true problem statement. We need to identify, uh, address something else first before we could address that. Hmm. But it's, yeah, yeah. that's how it goes.
0: So, you're saying that you only go back the next time if you do with Actual maybe solutions to test out, uh, and if you don't, then maybe uh, you won't go back.
1: I don't know. I I I wouldn't mind going back as a holiday. I wouldn't mind going back uh, as a as a as a uh, volunteer trip to uh, with with technologies and things to help them. But I feel like I should go back with something because they did help me to grow as a person. Mm. And I've grown since and I have new skills and talents that I could actually contribute to that society. So, um, yeah, you know, you never go to a person's house empty-handed. Same thing. You know, if you go to a person's village or country, you know, and if you genuinely want to help them, bring them something.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I bring this up because... um of a recent article that I, I meet in uh, that I direct and it's about uh, other people's problem the the disillusion or you know the seductive quality of solving other people's problem <laughs> I mean it's an interest, some interesting thoughts there uh, mentioning about how a lot of us go to do certain things volunteer particularly uh, uh, to make ourselves feel better um but you know coming down to solving the roots of the problem uh, we are actually the one causing more problem with an unfinished solution mm. than you know uh uh thinking that we actually did help but you know maybe uh on a macro picture it's, it's more damage than, than 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 that so uh, so anyway that got me thinking yeah
1: yeah i mean there's definitely a joy to giving right there's a joy to helping people to see so- that somebody is uh you know relieved or elevated out of their pain or misery from your contributions but you need to be strong enough to be able to help people, right? Mm. Uh, you need to have something that you can actually offer them, uh, be it moral support or anything. So I, it's, uh, I guess people tend to focus so much on the, the the joys of helping people, they forget to build up their uh, inner capabilities as a as a person, right?
0: Or even just being aware of you know the macro picture versus you know. Um the micro, maybe in the village or in the family. Yeah.
1: So I mean let's let's put it on a very personal context. If let's say my friend comes and tells me about all her problems and like oh her boyfriend issues and everything and like her family issues, so on and so forth, if I were not strong enough, I'll be pulled into her storm, right? I'll be put and then I'll i I'll just go like, Oh, you're so putting and everything and then uh I'll feel so sad for her and then when I go home I'll just go like, ah uh, yeah, you know, wow, this girl I met ah uh, very putting uh, and everything. You know, I let it overwhelm me. That's because I'm not strong enough. What I should be doing is that I should be strong enough to give the, her positivity throughout this tough time to give her at least some joy, some happiness and maybe share some of my experiences with dealing these kind of issues or, or, or you know, things that I heard. But I shouldn't be pulled into a storm. But the main thing is that I need to be strong enough to actually help someone else, right? So, uh, yeah, there's a joy to helping, but you need to be strong as an an individual as well.
0: Well, that's a hard pill for people to swallow and to know as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 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 definitely. So, so this was one thing that I I learned in meditation camp also. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, Yeah, we can
1: talk about meditation camp. Be passionate.
0: Well, let's, okay, let's talk about meditation. So, twice, you you did it twice. So, it's a 10-day silent retreat. With uh, uh, no phones.
1: No phones, No internet. No reading, writing no material. Book, no no
0: looking at other people uh, no. other than uh, your meditation teacher, yeah. right? I heard.
1: So, so so everybody, everybody's allocated like uh, seats in the dining hall and like beds everything or even like cushions in the meditation hall. Uh, so, you know, you, you you just go in there, find your number, sit down and then you just go out. There is literally zero interaction with anybody else. How do you even
0: like, want to do this in the first place, and maybe place us where you're at. The first time you you did it. Uh,
1: okay. So I did it with the wrong intention. Uh, That's so fine. We yeah.
2: All
1: did. <laughs> so so I wanted to not run funny. away. I want I, I want to run away. Uh, I did not want to attend my brother's wedding <laughs> because like. It, uh, I have some issues with him. He's really mean to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like since young, and and I, well, I'm one of those who don't retaliate. And like any bullies, you know, if you're victim, you just walk away. Yeah, yeah. I, I just walk away or I just shrug it off. But like any bully, if he if bullies don't get a response from their victims, they just keep bullying, right? And mm-hmm. they just continue feeling better about themselves. But uh, no, I, I I just shrug it off. So anyway, um, I didn't want to attend his wedding. Uh, most definitely, cause that is a, He he told me some stuff like oh this, this and, and you know that's that's kind of like the uh i just didn't want to be put myself in that circumstance where i could possibly like burst and blow up <laughs> right. right so yeah. i was like i i know may, myself enough. A... <laughs> well. perhaps that's he's his like, wedding present man like,
0: do you, <laughs> does anybody object me, me?
1: <laughs> and that's start tearing things down mm-hmm. like, you don't know this person like i do <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah, that would be quite a scene right so, yeah. so who knows so. no 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 I, I and, and the reason why I didn't want to go is other than that that is that I didn't want uh my parents to be disappointed or so you know because uh. Yeah, if if I did burst or anything, it would be a... So if what was supposed to be a joyous day for them as parents would not be as joyous. So i will be like, okay, I'll just remove myself from the picture. So I was looking through all the, you know, websites and going like, oh, maybe I should book this villa in Thailand or Phuket or something like that. <laughs> sounds and then,
2: great. It
1: sounds great, right? And then my friend told me like, hey, you know, I'm going for this meditation camp and uh, no cell phones allowed. Wait, what? they girl going confiscate my cell phone? perfect you know uh and i saw it as an opportunity to really quieten myself down and to grow myself as an individual as well because such an opportunity doesn't come along very often where you know someone says hey you know there's like 10 days or of of no one disturbing you at all so i was like yeah that that was very interesting you
0: can also you can also throw your sim card away and go to the thailand villa
1: i could but then there'll be this guilty feeling Within you versus someone taking your sim card away from you. That's got like less guilt if you know oh, like, I love my phone. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. So when someone takes your sim card away, you just feel less guilty about, about, okay, about okay. putting it one side. So so it was like yeah, no, no one can contact me, great, you know, no one can try to persuade me to come or say that i what I'm doing is wrong and selfish or or, or, or some or, or somebody will say like, Oh, try to persuade me I said, like, No, none of those. So I went into a camp and it was very interesting. So the routine is very, very, very strict. Uh four AM, gong you have to wake up. Enough time it's barely enough time to brush your teeth and walk over to a meditation hall. So four thirty to I think six thirty AM or is it seven uh, yeah, I think six thirty is uh meditation. Just sit there, uh focus on your breath and your your how your body feels. And then uh your first meal of the day is uh seven to seven thirty. Uh, so that's like you know a very simple meal and your last and then you know your last meal of the day is at eleven am if I'm not wrong. Uh, all no food all the way until next day seven am. Uh, and it's just a lot of uh, sitting there uh, meditating and um, it's very interesting actually. So first day because I I I kind of although I'm not supposed to look and talk to people but I kind of like you know. Uh, <laughs> observe I'm not making communications with them but I, I believe that you can tell a lot about the person just by the way they walk or, or behave right so it's like first day. Oh, people are very gung ho. I was like, "Wow, oh, I can do this! I can do this!" Oh yeah, you can see the resilience in their, 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 their <laughs> posture and their, their, their neck and just like oh, onward looking. Yeah, I'm damn strong. Second day.
0: <laughs> who who are, what a are demographic and Oh
1: know. demographic. Uh, you have old ladies as old as like I don't know 70, 80 years old. So the group uh, you 20? have. Oh, uh, probably in total about 40 or 50. Okay. So it's like half guys, half girls. Okay. Yeah, but the age group is... And, and, and race, uh, eth- uh, ethnicity is all over the place, yeah. So, so so uh, first day, wow, gung-ho. Yeah. Okay, second day, oh man, this is a bit tough. But no, I must push on! <laughs> so you can see them like bouts of winning, but no, straighten up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Third day, you can see people s- sort of like you know, tired from pushing through, but right. some of them still persist. Fourth and fifth okay. day. It's
0: hot, side.
1: Yeah, fourth or fifth day, they're like, openly, very, they, 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 they're expressing their, their tiredness very openly, like, <sighs> and then every time the gong rings for the end of meditation, they are like, first out of the door. <laughs> when it's food, they are like, yeah, I'm a first in the queue. And if we say, Mmm Yeah Food (laughs) And And you see people Playing with their rice (laughs) Just look at their rice And go like Mmm Yeah Rice Yes Food So you see people Really Clinging on to whatever They can derive pleasure Out of But those are actually the weak minded people so by day 6 and 7 right which is kind of really tough although you pass through the, the middle hurdle 6 and 7 is when you really see a huge divergence in, 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 in human personalities mm-hmm. the best in people come out and the worst in people come out mm-hmm. at that point so the worst in people uh, were like okay so the moment they were just they were just sitting they were just sitting there wide eye waiting for the gong to gong and they're like oh my god it's food time and then they rush through the food you take a pound on their plate and, and you know those older ladies who can't walk as fast uh, or, or what they have less to eat you know they're, they're only left with rice and probably like a vegetable or like the not so nice food yeah. um and the best And, and, and they're very the, the way they act Is very primitive like, like I'm just walking Like I'm just going there You, you don't Like okay I'm not so interactive with you Okay just get out You know Those kind of things mm-hmm. And uh, and you see peop- The best in people Come out Because they're so Compassionate They know that The whole place Is run by volunteers And things like that So they will Wait for everybody To go out Turn off the lights sweep the floor If there's a bug On the floor They'll pick up the bug And, 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 and you know If the people Want to rush to the food First let them rush It's okay I will eat food later um, and I mean it seems very trivial right now but within that setting where you can see like very uh, primitive people and this kind of like nice uh, behaving people mm. who still remember how to be humans proper <laughs> humans uh, it's a very stark contrast so by day 9 and day 10 of course uh, it's it's by day 10 when the gong strikes when you can break the silence they're like <gasps> the the mind people will be like ah, oh my god finally and then my friend who went into the, the who, who came to me uh, you know asked me to join she just came up to me and she went Quack 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 I was like What are you doing girl? I was like I don't know, I can talk Quack 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 I was like What are you doing? But like uh, I was I went uh, so so it was very interesting for me. Um I think by day uh six or seven, uh I, I okay, so I was I, I felt like I was progressing faster than the than most of the people what with You'll be the-
0: progressing faster.
1: Okay, so usually um they would tell you to focus on something, and uh, they would tell you, uh, they would tell you some stories or you know some very nice uh, stories on 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 uh, life in general as the philosophies of life. I'll tell you one later. It, it makes sense. Yeah. So so uh, and then you know. You, some people have had a hard time gras- grasping it, right? Or even if you understand on an intellectual level, uh, it doesn't really get into you, right? So you can read an inspirational quote, but you just feel inspired for that one second and then you forget about it, right? Or you can say like, oh, okay. Don't use it. Yeah, or if you rationalize the, the, the code and, and, or, or saying, and then it gets to you like, oh, yeah, uh, so to, to give is to get, for example, or you know, right. then you go like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. But do you practice it? No. <laughs> right? Some people are, so, so, so I, 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 I was internalizing a lot of things quite quickly. And, uh, I think by day seven or what, uh, I just felt all the, pain and misery within the room, uh, of people just trying so hard to meditate and, and things like that. And I just broke down in tears because it was just a lot, a lot of I, I just just somehow I, I don't really believe in auras or energies but it just struck me as like I could feel it. So I went to I went to the, 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 the monk or the teacher and I say like is it because of, I, I I knew which who was the person in, um amongst the room who was suffering the most, and I, I actually offered to give her I would offer her to give her my pillow and things like that so she could actually get a better rest at night and things like that, but uh, then my teacher scolded me saying that hey you know Annabelle you are not strong enough um you should just focus on yourself and don't care about the rest for now, and I'm like. I was I was almost I almost launched into an argument with her. It's like, isn't it selfish, right, to tell me not to care about other people? You as a monk should tell me to care for people, right, to have compassion for others. Why are you telling me to just focus on myself? And she she just very patiently. I think she could understand herself. She says like, oh, when 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 I was young like you and everything, you know, but you are not. Uh, strong enough. You need to help yourself first. Just focus on yourself, and then I walked out. Of the room, I was like, No, <laughs> I don't understand this. It doesn't make sense. You know, there's so many poor people or, or 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 homeless people. Are you telling me that next time when I walk on by the bridge, I just ignore the homeless people? You know, uh, I, I just couldn't understand it. Uh, but eventually, I think um, by day ten, I I did get the message that you know, you need to be strong enough as an individual to carry the weight of all the or maybe not all, but at least some of the misery and sorrows of other people in the world, because you know, if you are not, you'll just get caught into that storm and you'll just be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that was a, that was one thing I learned. Okay, let me tell you the story. One of the stories oh, that, isn't that that. Story? Okay, oh well, no no tell me, tell me, tell me. no! So 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 you raise your eyebrow just now. I was like, well, when the monks will tell you some stories, are like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What, <laughs> what 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 oh, what brainwashing stories did they tell you? Right? Okay. Well, I mean it's not brainwashing. Nah, that
0: is uh, 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 maybe one of those truth of maxims uh, that comes in the, in, from.
1: Story, yeah, right. it just it's just a story that makes sense, <laughs> right? Okay, so so uh, it is one of the stories. Okay, so uh, one day there is this uh, ship in the water, and this uh, old man who's been sailing the seas for sixty years, you know, he invited this professor to come and join him on his uh, ship. Uh, so every night the professor would have a, a lecture in the cabin, and uh, the this old man was like, oh, you know, he's such a learned doctor and such a professor. I must go and listen to his talk. So he goes and listens to his talk. And then uh, after the talk, the doctor, the professor came up to him and said, like, old man, let me ask you, do you know astrology? And he goes, no, sir. I've never been to school. And it's like, oh, well, then you don't know how to read the stars to go to where, your destination. You have wasted one third of your life. So the old man was very sad. Right? I said, oh, he's such a learned man told me that I wasted one third of my life. I must have wasted my, one third of my life. Next night, the old man goes into uh, the, the cabin again and listens to the doctor. And after the after that, the doctor asks him, he says, Old man, do you what? know oceanology? I don't know what it's called, but the oceans. How do we it oceanology. is the study of the waves and the sea. Then he goes, No, sir, I've never been to school. right?' And I say, Oh! then how? You've been selling on all this for so long, but you don't understand its true capabilities. You've wasted two-thirds of your life. <laughs> so the old man, very sad. <sighs> very sad, very sad. So he goes, he says, if such a learned man said so, I must be very dumb, all right? So the third night, the old man, this time he went up to the doctor and goes, well, sir, 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 doctor, do you know swimology? <laughs> I was like, no, I don't know how to swim. I, I've never taken swimming classes. Well, then you've wasted all your life because the ship is about to sink and only those who know how to swim can get there. So, I mean, it's a, it's a very nice story to say that, yes, you can read about a lot of these inspirational quotes and, and feel inspired and, and, and rationalize and understand. But if you don't put these wise words and wise sayings into practice and to make sure that you enforce them every day and throughout your your your, your life, you know, what's the point? <laughs> So yeah, it was a very interesting story. I thought,
0: but that is what you get from the the story.
1: Yeah, what do you get? Oh. What do you What do you understand? <laughs> no, no. So, so what they do is they just tell you the story. Yeah, it's yeah. up to you to come up with your own meaning, right? So, so what I derive from it is that you know, uh, there's one thing to know things at a knowledge level, uh, to feel inspired for a brief moment, uh, or to be able to rationalize thoughts. But you need to experience. You need to put it into experience.
0: Oh, you know what's funny? I come out with a whole different thing.
1: Oh, tell me, tell me.
0: Um, I came out with, well, who is, it, who is it to tell you that you waste your life?
1: Mm, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, like why, why, I mean, you live your life if, if based on your own terms. Who says that if you don't know oceanology, swimming and <laughs> astrology, you are wasting your life?
1: Yeah, I, I, I face that a lot as well. As, uh, so, you know, in my life, there was a brief moment in time when I was unemployed. <laughs> so, uh, that was, I think, after I left my comfortable job in Garena and, uh, in between, I was just doing some freelance projects for National Geographic, joining the circus and et cetera. It was over the new year. And all lot of the relatives and friends asked me, and the, the older aunties and uncles asked me, So, Annabelle, ah, hmm. you working now, ah? Where are you working at? What are you doing? And then I'm like, oh no, I I got no job. And then he go, oh. <laughs> and then and then they were like, it's okay, you can find something. I was like, no I'm very happy in my life right now. It, it's, I didn't tell them I'm working on stuff with, with Nat Joe or, or or I'm I'm learning how to code or, or do things in my bedroom. And i I'm very satisfied in life. Uh, and then they kept looking down as if that I am. A failure at life. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that's what they benchmark success on, careers and and where you are in the society and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be like, Ah yeah, it's okay. Then they'll look at my parents and then my mom will buy like, it's a own life like her do <laughs> and, but but like some of the, the the older aunties and uncles they'll push, push and push me. So what do you wanna do? Everything like that. Oh, it's okay, la, Slowly. really what's up at the time and everything? And I'm like Okay, if you're gonna push me, okay, right. So anyway, I went to meet with President Barack Obama, and um, you know, I'm working on some project with Net Joe and I am gonna be on international TV, which' gonna be at like everywhere around the world. and then after that, they shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I'm not one who wear all my trophies and medals and 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 things like that, but you know, yeah, sometimes you just gotta talk in the language that, People only
0: choose to listen in. But you know what I mean. It mean it's hard for me too, right? You know, uh, if I were to go back to real, real life, is this real life? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, um, uh, you know, you like their concept of the world is so vastly different from yours, mm. and and. You know, you, you told, you, 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 I mean, you mentioned about the, we're wearing a trophies in front, right? It's so mm-hmm. like, I don't want to do that, but yet, you know, I don't know how to, uh, let them know about.
1: Why do you want to let them know?
0: Exactly, right? Okay. And then, so, but then, but then, like, if you don't let them know, then they just continue assuming the wrong things. Right. Um, so there is a need to sort of let them know. in, the, sort of, in sort a a of, sense, right? But yeah. then, maybe it wouldn't be a, uh, uh, five minutes conversation. It'll be like an hour conversation because you need to like lead them through all this like twists and turns, and then you know that is so true. how how it is. And 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 sometimes um you you don't I I don't have the patience not mm, yeah to right. to to go through one and I guess that's also kind of how the generation gap is being
1: No, but your motivation is right, you know. Uh, I'm sure that, you know, you you only put that trophy on that table in the conference room when you have to, right? There are some people who just plonk it every single place that they go to and they derive a lot of joy from it, you know. Uh, nothing wrong per se with that, but that's not who I am and I don't think that's who you are. So.
0: Yeah, y- yeah, um, but but none, nonetheless, still feel the same sort of uh, uh, struggles.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs>
0: when you know, like, hey, failures, like, Yeah, you know, uh, uh, kind of when the More cat,
1: of me uh, to love. Yeah,
0: and then you're trying to explain this like crazy diet you're on. Then then you're like, oh, it's do you chai! And Then I was like, oh my god, I don't know how to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no. But I, I okay. So it's like, for example, back to sports. You know, I exercise for the mindset. I exercise for the values that is inculcated within me. Whereas some people just go to the gym and take like, oh, Instagram selfies and just want the aesthetics version of it. In the same way, I guess some people go into the startup field or they run their own business or they enter the career path just to climb up the career ladder so that they have this very fancy MD title or CEO title or, or even so just make it on the big stage and do a conference and they're at the, at the podium and they have the very nice photographer and that's their new Facebook profile picture <laughs> you know if you see my cover photo it's me in a turtle <laughs> a ninja ninja turtle backpack <laughs> and, a, and a mask but no 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 uh, yeah if if your life is centered around awards and values, as you sorry awards and trophies, then uh yeah that's that's that for them but i i'm I have no objections against it, but that's not who I am, mm. and of course, once in a while, I would have to go like, "Here's my bling man, please respect me because there's only there are some people who only talks in the language of awards and trophy 100%. uh yeah, so um you know. Uh, yeah i guess i'm i'm not gonna say that you know yeah I, yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> i guess i, I think in a whole sense we're still trying to figure out um um you know like what is the the way to to move forward
1: <laughs> no i okay so they are acquaintances Right? Yeah, you can have acquaintances and you can have friends and you have very close friends. Right. So the close friends I surround myself with Mm -hmm. are not people who chase after titles and awards. They are people who uh want to do something with their life and have the and recognize that they need to earn their way up, uh, such that to this certain point where they can actually help others. Hmm. So it's like one of my, my, my good friends that I really listen to, he's really wise. it's like this, this, okay, stereotypical Malay guy rides motorbike, <laughs> talks like a Malay accent. And like I deal with people right now who are very accomplished in life, right? right. Um, but I choose to surround myself by very genuine and honest people, uh, who, Really want to do something, mm.
0: um, but then again, who to say that the ministers are not wanting to do something, right? But oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Means, of right? course, yeah. of course. I'm not. I'm not discounting the fact that they, they don't <laughs> have do anything. But it's just that, uh, you
0: know. But um, I don't know. Do percent. you do you have a sense, you know, when you first like meet someone or talk to someone that yeah. like this is the person that you know I would love to you know hang out more with. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm sure you get it as oh, well, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um, and and and. I, coming back to um, the 10-day silent meditation retreat.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Like, okay, well, put... So, w- 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 this is after Togo? Is that what it is?
1: That was two years ago, 2016. Right,
0: and then you went back again.
1: And I went back last year in 2017. Oh, yeah, wow. and thinking of going again this year, uh, if you would like to join me, you're more than welcome to do so.
0: I am, I am, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie, I am... Uh, part afraid
1: <laughs> no nothing wrong being afraid yeah, right. Yeah. actually it's even better when you go in without any expectations because when you go in with expectations throughout the 10 days you're trying to you're finding something you're trying to hit the expectations like oh I want to read this the best thing is just you know let it be if it comes it comes if it goes it goes if it's a good session it's a good session if it's not it's not Right. Mm-hmm. so just let things be and recognize it for what it is
0: you are the first person that went for it the second time uh, that I know of. <laughs> and then in, 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 in the one-year uh, time span. Yeah. Right? So... <laughs>
1: no, there are there, 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 some people there. <laughs> There's some people there who have gone like, I don't know, 40 times and things like that. They are just like, oh, shriekful. <laughs> right.
0: right. Uh, no. <laughs> well, what is the impetus for you to...
1: What? Well, impetus for going? Yeah. Uh... 10 days no one to disturb you for you to just observe yourself Mm. right it's very hard to do in the normal uh, everyday you know life that we lead because it's either your maid calling you Anna come down and eat (laughs) or your phone buzzing away uh, or let's say a construction work uh, going on the side and you know there's this all big uh, noises this place is kind of like a sanctuary. It's yeah. um, not too far from the city, but then it's in its own quiet space. Yeah. Uh, there's, um, and you have your own bed. F- all your food is provided for. You don't have to worry about anything. There are shower facilities. And um, all you need to do is just show up and participate. Hmm. Um, and, you know, there's, there are volunteers to help you with everything. So I, I think it's a very fantastic kind of a retreat or a holiday. <laughs> so it was actually last year when I went, it was like a little birthday gift to myself <laughs> as well just like you know i i, I want this I, I this is good for me uh, i mean to be able to internally reflect on myself uh, so yeah
0: To so see more as like a, a self-reflection uh, quiet 10 days mm, camp
1: yeah but when you're there you're not thinking about past memories you're not thinking about anything you are just focus on now uh your breath how you're feeling what's happening right now so it's a very it's a very interesting um journey. You should you should experience it. It's don't worry, you're stronger than you think. Definitely, <laughs> yeah, are much stronger than you think. All your physical things are all provided for. That that's for sure. So oh, no, 100%. yeah, so just go there. No, uh, it's a gym for your mind.
0: Um um, um yeah <laughs> yeah. I heard some people like really went through something really really hard yeah. in the in that ten days. You know.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, if, I mean, if you have inner. Uh, conflicts going on when you <laughs> And 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 you've been always been suppressing it for years, and you know someone tells you you have ten days, and it's all quiet, and all these kind of things starts bubbling up. Obviously, you will go through hmm. um a mental and emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thankfully that didn't really happen with me that much because I as you know I'm very expressive, <laughs> and I've I've been you let I've your done yeah I mean I've done drama, I've done sports in the past. So if I'm angry, I'll just like oh, <laughs> I'll vent it out somewhere. Oh, Alright. But uh, but yeah, I was I was I was I was yeah it was manageable and I'm sure it'll be manageable for you too.
0: Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) Cool man. Hey, um, on the on on the topic, maybe let me just ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Do do you have a favorite failure, um, um, a one that set you up for later success uh, in your life?
1: Failure. Do
0: you have any favorite failures?
1: Um. I wouldn't say failure. I would say challenge. Sure. Can I say challenge? Sure. Okay. So, when, when I was young, my mom didn't say yes a lot to me. <laughs> right? So, it's like, if I wanted to do something, she'll always say, no, 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 no. And because of this uh approach, uh, I would always try. She's a very, she's a very intellectual uh person. Uh, so, I would try to, uh, logic my way out, you know, try to argue and try to go and then. So, when you realize that throwing tantrums doesn't speak to her because she's a very logical person, you start trying to find different angles and be like, no, mommy, you need to buy me this toy because <laughs> later my friends come over, you know, then we can do this, 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 this. Uh, then she's like, no, but your friend's not coming over anytime soon, so you don't need to buy now. <laughs> you know? Then you try to find a different, a different angle and different. So it really trains your mind to think of, of different reasons why? So like, I mean, it, it's really helped me in developing this mindset in terms of like, okay, I face a roadblock right now in life. Uh, somebody just said no uh, to me. Is there a way that I can work around it? Is there a way that I can persuade him? Or can I just like tell him to ignore? I just go use, use my own resources to find it. So you realize that there are actually five different paths at which that you can take if someone has a conflict of interest with you. So the first one is, you can stay loyal, right? So hopefully something will one day change for the better. So maybe one day mommy will buy, will change his mind and buy me this toy or she will let me keep a dog. One day, I will just listen to mummy till then and be on her good side, right? The next one is that you can try to persuade someone. Right. So you give them more information or you try to see it from your perspective to try to realize that the importance, right? So you, you tell mom, you go like, no, ma, you know, I really need this and try to get her on your side. The next one is that you can try to amend things from within the, within the authoritarian structure itself. So that would mean that if mummy don't allow, then I ask daddy lah. <laughs> Maybe daddy can talk to mommy since they are all on the same level, right? So you can try to amend things. The next one is that, of course, you can stage a revolution, revolt, throw a tantrum. <laughs> just say like, oh, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. I'll just go and talk to my auntie and, and ask my auntie for it. I was like, this method doesn't work. I'm just going to find an alternative method. The fifth way is to, you know, to, 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 to fork or to split right? So to fork or to split is pretty much saying that, okay, you know, maybe you, uh, it's a bit like staging a revolution, but then you are coming of your own alternative path. So my mom would be like, oh, okay, I can't, I, I'm not gonna buy you this whole kitchen cooking set, you know, but I will just buy you the pots and pans. <laughs> so you use your own resources and you find, you find some other things and you go like, okay, I, I'll, I'll just piece this together. But it's the same mentality that, um, you know, approach that, that, that you can take even in when you face any challenges in, uh, now. Instead of just saying, oh, it's a, an obstacle in my way, uh, there's no way through it. But there are so many options that you can, of course, do. So it's like, yeah.
0: Oh, for sure. And I'll also add one more to the mix. Oh, yes. Is to sort of ask why the person don't want to do it. I think with the understanding, it's usually quite easy to find a way through. Yeah.
1: So, so I would count that under persuasion.
0: Under persuasion, yeah, okay.
1: Right. So it's kind of like, why, mommy? Why? No, but I need this really. How about it? It's kind of like persuading.
0: Right. Oh no. no I mean, I like, know because I I don't have money. It's like, Oh, but you just. What if I pay for it? You know, then then like problems off. Like oh, we, or maybe I don't have we don't have enough space. Yeah. Or then oh, what if I throw something out or donate it away or sell something away. Um, then, you know, maybe it's okay. Cause I think a lot of times, um, uh, we face objections and then we try to solve things, um, uh, way harder than we think to think it is.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Course, also,
0: some, some people don't really, uh, put the, the reason. They don't know why they don't do it. And that's the one that's frustrating. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. So then, then there's <laughs> no logic. To, to oh today I just read a really good uh Facebook post. It's like you you, you cannot win uh you cannot win a, a feminist. Okay, well this is a, oh, 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 <laughs> It's such
1: know, a touchy topic. Are you know, sure you uh, want to go down that rabbit hole?
0: <laughs> okay, let me let me just finish it anyway. I started. Um You're the one editing it. No, because no, I'm not gonna edit it. Uh because um the the I think the they didn't they didn't uh, started because of reasoning I was like oh mm. you know is it you know what it is because they didn't reason it when they first have to argue, so you wouldn't win the argument logically
1: so they are just demanding
0: uh I, I mean it makes i mean I guess it makes a little bit of sense to me uh uh when you know i'm I guess when once try to ask a person how do you will you define being a feminist and 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 i I think a lot of people <laughs> couldn't uh, answer that question and so I think when you couldn't answer something as simple as that right then like like you don't have any grounds it's very hard to convince someone because I I think feminists because you know this and this and this is really unfair but one, let's look at one situation at a time and try to piece mm. things apart right versus of lumping everything uh, uh, together that
1: makes sense so uh, I was at this uh, forum recently, and I was on stage. It's uh, recorded by Channel News Asia, and we took a question from the audience. It was this young girl in uni. She was talking about gender inequality in the workforce. Uh quoting a lot of stats about the unequal pay between women and men. I mean, as the only female panelist there, I I felt like I had to answer the question, right? So
0: sorry,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's okay. So. I, I told her about the challenges that, that you face uh, so I mean even as a uh, let's discount the fact that I'm a female even as a young young millennial going into the workforce and we're living in a culture that really uh, values the wisdom and experience that comes with age they look down on you and they don't really want to have and you can tell that they're very closed minded you know and it's very tough to have a conversation with someone who's not really interested to have a conversation with mm. you the moment you are in the room so I was telling her about this challenges, uh, challenge and, and maybe being a girl might add on to the disadvantage. But one thing you realize is that you need to be able to earn your respect in whatever setting that you are in instead of demanding for it, right? And If you demand for it, yeah, sure. So what if they respect you because you're a woman? You want to earn your respect so that they recognize you for what you know, what you do, and oh, so happens you'll be a woman, you know, you're, you're leading the, you're representing the female crowd. Um, but she was like, "No, but isn't it my right as a woman? Why do I need to work like hard or like even harder than a guy and everything?" <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 it's it's very hard to talk to people like that, right? Uh,
0: Thank you for saving me. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's okay. No, no, I totally understand. Um, but it is hard to talk to people like that who just demand. Uh, and you know, if you want some change to happen, it's not gonna happen overnight. And if you want change to happen. Don't expect it to be easy, right? So you might be able, you might need to put in a little bit more hard work now. But even if you don't benefit it right now for yourself, it will help the generations to come, right? So yeah, I mean, ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I guess people are right. I think that that girl in particular was very stuck on why and why and why and less on how, because she's like, why is this? Why why isn't it my right and things like that versus. How can I actually implement a feasible change in myself or herself uh, that would influence the way people would think about her?
0: Uh, so do you think project? that your your response to her question was ineffective in in that sense?
1: Oh definitely. <laughs> right? I mean, it's one thing to to So 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 I was hoping that she would ask a question but she wasn't asking a question. She was just ranting and ranting.
0: Can can I can I suggest a response? I mean, yeah. feel free to you know <laughs> take it up or not. Yeah. Um, I I'm so I'm I sometimes I I think about these things as well, right? And um, I I think what I I will respond in the question on what are you doing to help bridge that inequality,
1: right? most probably say by speaking out in public occasions like that which was recorded by Channel News Asia (laughs) so I'm like yeah and
0: and then then follow up would be how has that been working out for you
1: Mm, right
0: yeah
1: no I guess okay so so I mean because
0: I mean for me at least I feel that for this that shines a spotlight on the, uh, the methodology, if it's not working. Obviously, if it's working, obviously she won't be renting, right? Yeah, sure. Um, and, and, and I think a lot of people who rent, they never put in the effort to make the thing better. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't feel that they have the, a lot of rights to, to rent if they haven't put in the effort to, yeah. you know, make the change. And I mean, just to quote also, uh, I was in one of those, um, uh, sharing session, uh, by, uh, Jackson. Mm. And, um, <laughs> this person is like, okay, you know, there's this problem, and this HTTP flat, aging population. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, yes, very good. Let's solve it together. Uh-huh. And then the person was like, uh, but I know, I don't have time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so i like, okay, so, yeah. you know. Priorities, man. Yeah. yeah. And,
0: and so it's like, wow, then, you know, you, you, you want to point out the thing, but not wanting to also put in efforts to try to help.
1: No, no. But I think renting, maybe not say renting per se, but anger and frustration at something. It's an important phase for every human to go through if any change is to happen, right? Hmm. So you must be, I mean, the anger usually stems from seeing injustice in something. And of course, identif- identification, awareness about it is the first step towards a yep. change. But the problem is that people tend to wallow in this anger and they just it becomes a very recursive loop and they don't actually break out of it. So to break out of it, you need to have this inner resolution that goes, right. What can I do to help? What can I do to change? Mm. And But you do have to go through this phase of anger first. Uh, wh- it's just a matter of how much time you spend on it. So some people, like myself probably, we move on very quickly from this anger phase, right? So you're like, okay, there's inequality, there's in- injustice here. Oh man, <laughs> shit. You know, it gets to you and then after a while, go, okay, what can I do? Some people just, just like to complain and rant about it. Uh, but hopefully, I mean, eventually, um, hopefully, <laughs> maybe not eventually, hopefully, <laughs> they will break out of it. Uh, and yeah. they will see uh, what other things that they can
0: And also, And also, I hope they break out in the sense that they try to you know do something to make it better, right? Yeah. Because uh, I tend to have this uh, weird theory that um, because of the ease of social media to share our anger, uh, we just share it, and then there's a there's a full stop to that. You know, then we don't take any action to make it better. And
1: then we go, yeah, we are raising raising awareness, so people of authority can <laughs> can do something about it, but not us.
0: Yeah, oh. no, yeah, exactly, right. So, so I I mean, uh, I I, I don't know. I, so that's one of the sad thing, uh, that I feel that social media have on us on yeah. the. Uh, impediments to take action because we have we think that we have already have acted yeah. by renting. <laughs> yes. But like you know, that is not yeah. uh not, no change at all to the to part of like adding part of the noise doesn't change anything.
1: I I I'll tell you a story.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah.
1: So okay, so um in JC uh I was really bad at math. So like how bad is bad is uh, you know every class you have the high flyers always getting ninety or ninety one or hundred oh. and then you have the middle tiers who got like maybe like fifty to uh, to to eighty or seventy upon hundred always uh. there and then you have the scums <laughs> which is me who just gets like what thirty or, 40 <laughs> or 100 or even less but like usually that in every like class it. dynamics there's about like two or three of us <laughs> right <laughs> just a really really. Like, you know, people would think that all these people are hopeless and have no future. So, my math teacher came up to me and she was like, Annabelle, I don't think you will ever be good at math. Oh, for real? Oh, yeah. So anyway, then I was very angry because I know I was smart <laughs> because I, I was I, I I I know that I'm smart. It's just that I'm not spending my time in studies because I was spending so much time in the computer labs. Uh, you know, um, you know, trying to find ways to bypass a school firewall and to hack into the school computer Ooh, with that's like. Exciting.
0: That's uh, a lot more exciting.
1: Yeah, of course, obviously. Yeah, I would like try to brute force my way into getting admin rights on the school.
0: I think it wouldn't be hard,
1: huh? Oh, no, it's not hard. (laughs) Let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe never. (laughs) So anyway, then uh, I I knew I was smart, It's just that I wasn't putting my time in the right place. And, you know, when someone tells you that you can never be good at something, it gets to you. Mm. So I went to Popular. I bought this orange colour book, you know, uh, that says Power Math, H1 and H2. So I just did like the power math like every day well, Okay, don't force
0: your way through.
1: Yeah, just power power just just do nothing but math, you know, I ignore my other subjects. So I the class test came and then I was like not the scums anymore. I was like in the middle tier. And then my teacher came to me and like this test is only just two topics. I don't think you can do it in the final exam. <laughs> Oh okay, okay, right, okay. So back to power math. A lot of a lot of power, power math. Just cover do cover cover the solutions. do, do, do check, cover, yeah, check answer. And then uh, obviously then uh by like I think I was like one or two months before A levels, I was I mean it was just a short one or two months period that I just suddenly whoop all the way up in my math capabilities. So I was like ready near the high flyer place and she goes like You know how long have these people been practicing? They've been putting in a lot of hard work for the past one two years. You think you do one two months you can get A for A levels? Okay, sure. So A levels I got I got A for mathematics duh and then she came up to me like So Annabelle, why you gonna study in uni? Oh yeah, I'm gonna study mathematics. Yeah, yeah. So so, 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 so it was, it was, it was driven by a lot of anger and revenge, right? Even the 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 topic that I studied university, it was also kind of partially driven by revenge. So. You know, I mean, in any uni times, of course, you know, times get tough, you know, oh, when, yeah. you, when you go like, why am I studying this? So my friends will go like, oh, why am I studying this? Wait, why you choose math, huh? I said, like, oh, because I thought it was easier. Right? Was like, and about why you choose math, huh? Because my teacher said I cannot give <laughs> math. And then you realize that if you keep harping on the fact of revenge, etc., you, o- you will always be miserable. You will not enjoy what you're studying because. Yes, you might be good. You might be achieve great grades in uh year one or uni or what, right? But it's miserable right you're still a miserable person it's only like later on you learn uh, you, you you like my professors taught me about all the joys of, of, of curiosity in all this modelling nature in, in, in algorithms and the things you see around you and explaining the world in terms of math then I'll be like okay I learned how to let go of all this anger and revenge <laughs> and, 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 and hatred for my and, and spiteful hatred for my, 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 my teacher and, and you really get to enjoy uh, learning and studying mathematics and that's you know how it should go you know so if you keep harping on changes that is driven with, by nothing but anger yeah you can bring about change but you're gonna be a miserable fuck I'm <laughs> oh, sorry I just saying, but you're gonna be a miserable person, person.
0: <laughs> but yeah oh no I, I 100% agree with you uh, yeah I mean th- like and now, now that you're graduated, you know, and then you have become respected, uh, from people who have not respected you before, um. Hopefully, not all the and, and, you time. You it, I mean, it, it sounds quite to me like the type one person that you don't know, like to achieve, like, uh, overachiever, la. Like. What's,
1: what's a type one person?
0: Well, basically a person that likes to, uh, prove people <laughs> wrong.
1: <laughs> I, I'm very competitive.
0: Yeah, yeah, competitive.
1: Extremely competitive, uh, but I'm not competitive to the point where I would be would not respect the other player. So oh, there yes. are some people who are competitive, and then when they lose, they are such a sore loser. But I'm competitive. But if I, I if I meet a match that is you know, uh, if I meet someone that is way far better than myself. Totally respect and heads off to that person. Uh. Yeah. Because oh,
0: yeah. that person out-beat you. Yeah. Uh, yeah Unless the person is cheating, then then you'll be like, Arr. oh, yeah, of
1: course, of course, right. of course, of course.
0: Hey, but so the, the question is also like, now that you know, you have been sort of uh, proved most of the people are uh, wrong, yeah. um, there's nothing else to prove anymore. Uh, well, no. you
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> I my 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 mission in life is not to prove people wrong. Right. No, 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 I mean, like, things
0: like you yeah. also have achieved like like a lot of things in your life uh, uh, you know, CEO. Uh, of of, of companies. You know, uh, floating all over, give talks, panels, blah blah blah. Uh, what 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 scares you?
1: Life in general. Um. Yeah. I. You know people ask me, oh, where do you see yourself in 10 years or 20 years or what's your big thing in life that you want to reach? I'm like, I don't know. (sighs) Right? I really, really don't know. Uh, It's the uncertainty that can kind of scare you and you can let that scare overwhelm you or you can let it turn into excitement because this is totally uncharted territories and it's up to you on how you want to create
0: it. And you only recently have got gotten to this uncharted right
1: Uh, no not really I
0: mean do you feel that you have gotten it like way long ago like when do you feel that you have arrived at this stage
1: I think when I was like primary school or what my mom kept insisting that I wanted I I should focus on my studies Mm. but I'm like no, I. There's so much outside of school that I wanna do. So uh, I was playing music. Uh, I was playing piano and, and things for church. I I did the kutheng. I did the guitar. And I learned it on YouTube. So uh, how I, I how I learned guitar was very fun. It's like I was supposed to study for my exam, and then I just uh, started picking up the guitar. And like my mom was like go study. And then my dad was like, at least she's not playing computer games let her play lah. <laughs> so I actually played the guitar until the fretboards on my guitar I actually turned white in colour. So wow. just a paint came out. So I did that. I did sports as well. Uh, so I did Taekwondo and it was very enlightening for me because you know, when you do martial arts, when you when you punch all right, or, or when you do a, this certain special move, you always think that, you know, you are invincible because you battled, like, I don't know, five, you spar with five, six people and, you know, they've never uh, managed to defend from this special punch of yours. And then, like, when you get into this spa and then somebody defends it, you got like, as in, defense and blocks it and pushes it away, you go, like, oh my god, you can do that? No, I'm no, I'm not left with nothing. <laughs> you know? And then you need to think of your feet and then you find things. And, you, and that's when you kind of explore and, and you find out like, oh my god, this works you know or, or, right. or like sometimes like you know, those grandmaster Shifu will train for like at least twenty years on just a slap. No so no matter when they try to slap you try to block it. Technically you should be able to block it but because there's so much strength in it you can't block it. Right. So I mean it is a very interesting thing. But uh but I back to topic is that from a young age I was really exploring beyond the curriculum and I had yeah. the freedom to to do that because my parents were always at work <laughs> so i uh, was just surfing the internet i taught myself german uh, i did a lot of uh, random things as a kid i learned how to pick locks hmm. so
0: right, um even buy the kit huh? amazon
1: oh uh you make with the first one i made uh, started was uh, made with paper clip oh, okay. so i used a paper clip to make a tension wrench and a, and a yeah, lot and then yeah. but now i have a lot of tools, tools. Oh, although it may not huh? be okay never mind we'll leave it out no, I mean, it's out no,
0: there right I mean if they want to go YouTube Google this yeah, is all yeah, out there
1: no. no no as in some of them might not be Legal to own in Singapore, I guess, oh. but like, mm, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't have anything, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so, 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 yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, I was, I was always dabbling in all these kind of random things at a young age or mm. so because I just needed to find a way to occupy, uh, to, to spend my time while my parents are at work, mm. and, uh, you know, my maid cooked for me, she washed clothes for me, I don't have to be bothered with all these kind of things, so I just had a lot of free time, mm. uh, and, uh, I wasn't one who play, plays a lot of computer games because uh, I freak out very easily. <laughs> so my brother will play Halo and all these kind of games and you then are. like he will always be camping out at the respawn and uh, like with a sniper pointed at the respawn side and then every time I just like respawn and he'll just like Dush! and I was like no that's not fair and then he'll come over and teabag my body and like your oh. brother teabagging your, your, your body is like no no but like yeah uh, but I, I always been always very, very afraid to play these kind of uh, video games game. uh, video games but I, I did a lot of random other things outside so i did drama classes and everything so it was quite fun um but there was a freedom there was a there was a life outside of uh, the textbook yep. there was a a freedom to explore um, yourself as a person other than just uh, going to school learning some stuff and mm-hmm. you know going for recess which was my favorite period <laughs> uh, but yeah 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 Um, I still apply that to to today. I mean, uh, apart from working, I spend a lot of time uh, outside of uh, the whole field of AI and technology. So I'm back to training. I can show you my very bad 10 line. (laughs) It's just super bad. Uh, I think you can see one that's not, not so... This one is not that
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, Not yeah, as I
1: bad as yeah. This yeah. is clearly distinct, um, and uh, I still play music recreationally. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's a life outside of that that, that I I focus on. Uh,
0: yeah, no, I mean, we got the topic, but but you know, you saying about you know what scares you?
1: Oh yeah, the uncertainty.
0: Right? Yeah, uh, the uncertainty. And then I was asking you when did that first came about? You know, your uncertainty. Oh.
1: I think from a young age or so, you know, is the uncertainty usually stems from what's next. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next step forward is usually uh, before you take it, you you feel a sense of, oh no, am I doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. Is this a what if? it's a wrong thing? What mm-hmm. if I fail? What if, uh, what if I don't? Uh, embark on it at all oh, Why if I just don't Take the first step So that I can Avoid the failure mm. Right Now all these thoughts Will go through your mind uh, Definitely um, But You know you need to have courage. You need to know your own capabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because other people have done it doesn't mean that you can do it as well, right? Mm-hmm. So if you see a macho man in the gym lift a hundred kg weight, it doesn't mean that, oh, just because other humans have done it, you can do it immediately. Yes, right now you need to work your way up also. So to know your, your, your standing, uh, is also very important. So, uh, that scares me and how I, uh, how I cope with it is, uh, trying to get to know myself better. Uh, to know whether I am fit for the task uh, that I'm thinking of embarking on, so going to North Korea is totally okay. <laughs> I'm training for my run, you know. I, I know a bit of martial arts. Yeah, you travel a bunch I know to how store. to. I know how to. Be safe. I'll be. I'll be fine. Don't worry about me. Just yeah. promise to launch a petition if anything happens. <laughs> no, that's just kidding. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean. Also, is that. Knowing that you might succeed in whatever you do next, um, and then and then you know there's infinite things that you can do now because mm-hmm. you have options, right? Um, what you know then would be the right next thing to do. It's always is that something that you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, it definitely scares.
0: Because you can, you are back black belt. You can also you can. I mean, like you can be a a teacher, right, of whatever skills that you have learned online. Correct. uh, And you can graduate to, I don't know, master teacher level, right? Yeah. Uh, That and, or you can also or start another thing in AI. uh, uh, um, But then, like, the infinite option causes the paradox of choice. Yes.
1: And to build on that, that topic is that the fear of missing out on opportunities also scares me. who, right? Yeah. So when you say, when you have all these opportunities coming to you uh, right now, um, I mean, there's a position that I'm in, you have to say no to some because you have limited time of your day and you have different priorities, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you say no to something, a part of you will just continue carrying on that path and going like, oh, what if? The right?
2: Effect, yeah. yeah, so it, it's,
1: it's kind of like, you know, uh, I'll put it in a more dramatic form, which is like, uh, you know, when I was... Uh, before entering university in mathematics, I wanted to do musical theatre. <laughs> I wanted to become a Broadway star. Um, and I really wanted that. I wanted to sing, dance, act. And I just... I was on the fame and fortune. I just wanted to do it. I just, it just looked really fun. Uh, but I, w- I went into mathematics and there was this nagging feeling of... Why am I here? What if? What if? What if? You know, Uh, and you realize that although you said no back then, a part of you is actually living the life of that musical theater star that can never ever happen. So in your mind, you will start imagining like, oh, that's me on Broadway. You see a Broadway, like that could be me. You know, Uh, but until you uh, actually dabble in it uh, and to resolve within yourself to say that, okay, no that is I've given it up I've given it up for good you know this is a path that I'm on I should focus on this uh, it's it's a it's a different thing and a lot of people don't do not do that so, so so how I actually resolved it was that uh, I, I started taking musical theatre classes yeah, because um, you can
0: still do that that's what I'm saying
1: yeah I could still yeah, yeah. but I will never be as good or, or, or hit the mark as a musical theatre star that, that's, that I know for, for a fact so my dance teacher was Ricky Martin's choreographer mm. and like uh I had like a an acting teacher who was uh, married to Billy Bob Thornton and then after that they divorced and he married immediately uh, Angelina Jolie ouch <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I went to when I went to UCLA uh, on exchange I also took a, a method acting course uh, with this teacher who uh, you know had some Tony awards and and starred in Mad Men and and and, uh, and some shows but you know um you there's a difference between doing it as a career and doing it uh, recreationally Mm. but all in all uh, you know the opportunities that you turn down and the opportunities that you take up um, both have uncertainty right Mm. there's this element of unknown and the what if which can be a very dangerous thing if you let it spiral out of control Mm. Uh, and that's where the fear stems from
0: yeah, and and what do you do when you you face this? I mean, I guess you're not gonna not face it in the near future, right?
1: No, <laughs> no, no, not at all, not at all. Right.
0: So I mean, like if the, I mean if the the same thing happened again, uh, what do you usually do?
1: Uh, just get over, it. <laughs> right? So for example, if I Creative. like, yeah, no, seriously, just get, just 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 get over. It. Uh, uh, not with alcohol though, <laughs> the the healthy More way. Riley.
0: More running.
1: <laughs> the healthy way. No, so um the so for example, if I turn down an opportunity, a business opportunity, and somebody else, some other company steps in and takes the role of 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 being the vendor for it, and it becomes a huge hit, it becomes very successful. A part of you is gonna suck, right? It's gonna be like, oh yeah, I, uh, it could have been uh, me and everything. Maybe a billion everything. dollar startup. Yeah, you know, but you know, you just get over it. You, you don't let it don't don't let it overwhelm you. That's for sure. I mm. uh, just get just yeah go like okay, you know, I said no back then. Uh, everybody makes mistakes in life. Um, and you know, the path towards uh nobody's life is ever easy. And mm. you know, there might be some things that you re- you regret, but don't harp on it.
0: Yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm so jealous of looking at people who sort of like. Uh, are high performance in their own field. And it's very easy for them to say no to huge monetary opportunities. Mm. Uh, people such as, uh, Seth Golden, mm. uh, who was, you know, offered, uh, uh, to run, I think, a Yahoo at some point, And he just turned it down and, yeah. and it's like, how do you know, you know, like, well, what if you're really good at running the company? Oh, and, and so it's like that, that never, yeah, it always bugs me.
1: <laughs> yeah. I know I, I had I had I had similar uh similar uh, situation as well. So after I left uh, Smart Cow, uh, word got out that I'm single and available, of course, <laughs> in the career sense. and right, uh, all the and, CTO
0: opportunities, right? Yeah. Uh,
1: uh, and 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 a very big airport company wanted to ask me uh, very informally multiple times whether I wanted to be the CEO of their new subsidiary group. Um. I said no. <laughs> uh, because, I mean, at that point of time, uh, you can let money tempt you uh, and you will definitely feel the pressure of, of, of all these temptations, you know, of money or of social status and everything. But then you ask yourself if, if that is what you really want to do. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, you look back 10 years down the road, would you have sorely, sorely regretted take not doing something else. Mm. right? So, I, I I, mentioned this before. The reason why I embark on this AI journey is because I feel that my skill sets can help uh, other people. And if I were to take up that position, then it whatever technologies and innovations that we build will just be locked up within the company itself okay. it doesn't get to trickle down to the masses Definitely. and that is not what I really set out to achieve so money aside social status aside um, you know for that brief moment if you go like wow oh, they think so highly of me but that's 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 as much as it gets <laughs> but yeah I said no to that and uh, no regrets no regrets as of yet <laughs> but no regrets uh, turning it down right
0: what, what have you got better at saying no to in the last three years? I mean, like that being one example, right?
1: Okay, this is still tough for me, but saying no to meeting up with friends. Um, I know, I, I value my friends a lot, uh, but there comes a point where you need to ration out your time because, you know, some friends, they... They, okay, some some friends, you will see that their personality change around you just because, you know, they know that you're, you've are gotten a bit of fame uh, and, 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 you know, you are in this now respected position and now they just want to be very closely associated to you. So you kind of need to see through all those bullshit <laughs> and, and, and sometimes say no to them. Um, uh, yeah, but to my close friends, I never say no. Uh, I always make the time for them, be it uh or, 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 or any resources is that I have or network that I have, they can just tap on it any at any time. Mm-hmm. Uh but to say no to people, uh, to to friends who uh you know just keep you know wanting a constant conversation with you and you know it's it's it's, you're not getting energized from it you're not uh it's it's (laughs) it's just for the sake of talking so that they can just you know be acquainted with you and things like that um you just have to know when to cut not say cut it off entirely but to 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 pace it out Mm. uh yeah
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's hard. I know
1: it's harsh, right? It's it's really harsh. You hey, know, I mean, yeah.
0: I mean, like, look, I did the same, and <laughs> I'm on. A, I, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you a, a next conundrum. Okay. If uh, if you go on that journey, I'm on the other side of the spectrum where I cut so many.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, that um, the ones uh, that there isn't much left. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> So do you,
1: have, do you have any friends? <laughs> no,
0: I do, I do. <laughs> no, no, I mean I went on a one year trip, so that was easy to, to cut out a lot, uh, you know. Um and, and then subsequently coming back, you know, you sort of have this idea of um like I do want to have friends that energize me, right? And that's mm-hmm. sort of like one of the the criteria that, you know, I put I, I put out for. But also understanding that man, that's kind also of, kind of selfish mm-hmm. and um. Yeah, you kind of. Yeah, you. I. Yeah, struggle with this by you know wanting have friends to, to have like sort of like win-win situation. Like we both got to sort of like feel energized after the conversation, mm-hmm. and and well, and and you know that's quite hard to find. Uh, especially when um you know your life experience is so much more. Then the other person, and, 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 you know, I'm happy to just sort of like go through and explain, you know, like kind of the uncle situation, like why you explain your diet, where, you know, some people are willing to put time to listen to it, but most people are not like that, you know what I'm saying? They're just like, oh, it's this high, okay, okay, like rabbit, like that, right? Why you eat so much vegetable? And then, and, and, and then I'm on the other side of this. <laughs> <Where are you?
1: laughs> Yeah.
0: So so just just to let you know, yeah. so you're not alone. No,
1: no, I have I have a like if you say yes to every everybody, then uh you you it's very draining because a relationship takes time to cultivate, right? Oh, yeah. Um and like my one of my friends recently told me, Annabelle, I think I hate people. <laughs> I was like, why do you hate people? People are so interesting, you eh? know? There are so many characters, Yeah, are like onions, there are so many layers to them and some of them, they don't tell you their inside layer and things like that. I was like, no, I just... like, It's just so tiring and people are just like, you know, so stupid and they're not like clicking with me. And right, I was like, right. that's because you surround yourself by all these people that you, you've you chosen and said yes to along the way. I mean, you should always surround yourself with friends whom. You respect mm-hmm. that you value, and um, you know, of course, it's a win-win situation. That friends that you can learn from as well, and you know that they can learn from you 100%. as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. So let's move on to um, the hot topic, uh, okay. AI. <laughs> <laughs> You've been
1: putting it off for quite some time, right? Uh
0: no, I mean, I mean, I mean, you you explain it really well, and I should, I just I also point also point people out to one of the lectures that you gaffe uh, on um, this engineering mm. thing I don't think that was really well explained
1: I was just for that for that for that lecture I was pretty much just going through for the layman all the buzzwords that they're hearing mm. and how they are all interrelated uh, but nothing in the technicality sort of thing
0: Yeah yeah and I think I think if anybody who wants to understand a little bit more about AI I think that's a really good like like start um, I think what people are interested uh, what I'm interested in is like so what are the the jobs uh, that will emerge uh, in the future uh, with this field?
1: okay um before we talk about the jobs, you need to understand a few things. so AI is going to automate a few business processes, right? Does it mean that? Is going to replace humans entirely because that's one of the misconceptions, right? That AI is going to take over the future of jobs. Um, Not necessarily so, because some processes still require human intervention. Hmm. Right, or or even so, human involvement is expected by the user. So, for example, hotel service industry, it's still expected for that human element, that human touch to be there. Right, or even if you're uh, signing off on a document, uh, the person signing off of it needs to be human because someone needs to be accountable if something goes wrong. Right, so there is still an element of 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 human touch, uh, uh, in intervention needed. So one thing. Uh, that a business should do is that you look at all your existing business processes, understand every single step, and look for which are the processes that can be optimized, augmented, uh, you know, or or automated, right? So when we are looking at the future of of jobs, as in what's the role of of, of, uh, a human can play in this AI-dominated world, the job scope is definitely going to change, right? Uh, A lot of the menial labour will be replaced for sure uh, and it's going to displace a lot of jobs. People are going to have to retrain and relearn things, uh, but it will be for the better. So the optimistic point of view is that Okay. Um. Everybody needs to upgrade themselves, so overall we can achieve higher productivity, productivity and efficiency. Mm. And then you have this uh, school of, of, of thought. It goes like, oh no, AI is bad because it's gonna it's gonna create so much unemployment and it's gonna dis- uh, you know all these menial jobs are, are, are just blue collar jobs are just gonna go down the drain. But that's based. What I believe is that's based on the assumption that, um, you know, people can't learn. <laughs> You know, that's based on the assumption that there are only one track uh, people who can only fold boxes in this certain way or can only scan barcodes in this way or can do it. People can do other things. People can pick up skills and they can learn. And if we can mobilize this mega group of people to learn, then wouldn't society be much better? Businesses be more productive. And, you know, of course, it's facing a bit of resistance now. Um, but... Uh, you know sometimes I, I see this more as the stick approach than the carrot because it says like you better learn if not you will lose your job but they can learn they can uh, humans are not you know uh, are, are malleable they can change their skill sets they can learn so yeah um, one very important thing to have in the coming society is you must have common sense <laughs> which is incre- incredibly rare the reason being is that schools are teaching people how to abide by the system and perform thing rote tasks so step one step two step three step mm-hmm. four step five mm-hmm. and they're all within their their bubble so you have you you are going to have a lot of data that's happening everywhere right so there'll be a data for uh humidity and there's a data for uh the number of lamp posts, and the data about the height of trees and and cars etc but it takes a human to draw intuitive relationships between all these data sets and to, you know, meaningfully put it into a use case that is beneficial for the company or for society or for something. Because, yeah, maybe the computer can draw relations, but not all of it is useful. And to tell the computer, hey, just give me the more meaningful ones, they'll be like, which one? Huh? <laughs> right? Uh, so, yes, you can hard coding into rules but then um, it's a very intuitive thing and uh, I, how I feel and that requires uh, humans to uh, be able to do so drawing relations between uh, different elements and having uh, common sense on how to get things to work properly and to deconflict <laughs> situations
0: yeah so common sense
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is not very common nowadays so it's kind of yeah we can't call it common sense anymore
0: well, um, you know, the way, uh, how I look at it is also kind of, um, you need to start asking why, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, you point out that school have not done a very good job on answering, mm-hmm. uh, some of the questions or, or, you know, maybe instilling that curiosity yeah. in people. Um, so I guess, uh, firstly, having the courage to do that and, that takes practice too, uh, for sure, right? Because, you know, uh, and and also an art as well, when you figure out like, oh, why is that not working that way? Then you need to have the ability to softly tell your manager <laughs> or ask your manager. <laughs> or maybe, you know, provide some feedback. Uh, yeah, I think that, that muscle, uh, yeah, needs some activation. <laughs>
1: right, right after asking why, you need to ask how. How can you actually do something about it? Because... I mean, one thing today is that, you know, we have so much research. Yeah, Research this, research that, a lot of patterns, etc. But how do you implement it such that it's, it goes beyond the the awards and trophies and things of, of, oh, look at me, I have so many patterns, I'm so learned and everything too. How does it actually... Imp- how do you actually implement it such that it can bring about a a positive impact on the business or or, or whatever context you want to apply it to. Uh because the how the im the execution part is just as important as asking why. Uh so yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I, I then I think that is where the most job would would be generated. You know, mm-hmm. taking uh research and applying it to uh, everyday circumstances or the business or your life or anything. Uh, the- I just saw an article that um uh, make a joke out of like oh another stupid behavior economist, like find out another damn theory like another one.
1: Yeah, and 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 wait, so 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 we talk about this like oh okay, how do you Translate it, but it needs to make sense. So you can have, you know, six very useful smart watches, but no humans gonna wear six smart watches at one shot, right? There's it needs to make sense. It needs to be all, all the things needs to be integrated tastefully as well. So uh, that's another thing to to watch out for.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I think a very good use case scenario is Tesla, right? Yeah. So even if um uh, Tesla could read. Sort of invent how the car will look like. Yeah. They really don't need the uh, the hood in front, right? But why did they still put it uh, as a as a hood? It was probably a reason, you know, why they don't want to look that different or or whatever. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, you know, we're part of the design team.
1: Yeah, I I don't follow cars.
0: Right, right. <laughs> but no, but I mean, like they because they are the 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 battery is at all at the bottom like, basically, mm-hmm. and all the engine actually run at the bottom. Yeah. So they 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 actually changed the hood, the front hood. Yeah. Into a trunk of sorts. So you can, you put storage there instead of, yeah, but, but, yeah, yeah, but it's interesting to know that, like, actually they don't need the front part at all. But then it would be kind of weird not to have the front part as if you're a car, like driving down the road, right?
1: Yeah, that's because you're used to the norm.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, 100%. And, and, and I mean, these companies are also producing cars for consumers. Yes. Yeah, so you yeah. talk about the sage, uh, six watches on a hand, mm. and this person, is, this company is producing car for everyday people, so they still need to strike that balance, I guess. Yeah.
1: So it's like everyone always talks about, oh, disruptive, 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 but not too disruptive. <laughs> if not, the people are not able to... people. You need to give an adaptation time for people to to, to switch over to... Uh, adopting new technologies usually. So it usually begins with education and then, you know, trying to slowly inculcate it into a habit or, or, or trying to get them to use it. Uh, so yeah, patience. So I think
0: what I was what also interested to find out is more the idea of uh, deep learning. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think what you mentioned in the, the lectures before are still very like preliminary. Yeah, stuff right but then what what is what is the things that we can hope for and I mean not hope for I guess what are the things that are like really interesting is this whole deep learning thing and where we're at this stage
1: it's very very, very interesting deep learning um they are finding ways to improve the accuracy of recognition stuff. Okay, wait, but before I jump into it, uh, I can't speak for the entire deep learning field. Sure. Uh, it's very big. Uh, yeah. So if you know... Disclaimer. Yeah, disclaimer. I can only speak from the vision analytics point of view. So if camera can see, uh, you know, what can the computer derive and imply from this image or video. All right? So um, it's very interesting. I mean, they found a new way, I think capsule nets uh, and uh, a lot of interesting interesting things so what right now we're trying to train the computer to recognize things with higher accuracy and at a faster time so that's what we call latency but the true the true roadblock uh, right now in terms of implementation so as a researcher it's very exciting but as a developer uh, it the, the roadblock is in the information uh, in the data and in the infrastructure. So, for example, in, if let's say a company, a big company wants to implement uh, vision analytics capabilities mm-hmm. and he says, yeah, let me implement this, but the cam- the 100 cameras in my buildings uh, are four years old. And I don't want to change them because it's very expensive. Four years ago, cameras very low re- resolution, very grainy. How do you expect me to give you a high accuracy on whatever analytics that I'm capturing if your original input is so poor? I mean, so uh, it's a very high uh, infrastructure cost, and then as for data, you know, you need someone to label the data. It's very very intensive. So for example, um. Uh, A security firm asked me, hey, uh, can you uh, identify, uh, flag out all the violent and suspicious behaviors from all the CCTV feeds if I pass them to you? And I was like, I could, but do you have enough training data of suspicious behavior and violent behaviors like robbery for me to actually train the computer to recognize? Hmm. Don't have, But even if they do, we have to watch through all this footage and actually crop out, you know, this certain timing that, okay, this is violent behavior. Computer, please go and learn that this is violent behavior and things
0: yeah. like that. How, how much data sets do you need to put in for a computer? To...
1: Depends. I mean...
0: The more, the better, right? The
1: more, the merrier, definitely. So, uh, I'll give you... I'll explain it to you very simply. Imagine a girl... Uh, She's about she she she's a probably a three-year-old toddler and you want to teach her how to recognize a dog, yeah. right? So you bring her, you hold her hand, you go like, okay girl, this is a dog, okay girl, this is another dog, okay girl, this is another dog. Okay, girl, what is this? If this if, if it was a it was the same dog that you shown her before, then she'll know dog, right? It's a perfect match. That's quite called matching. There's not so much of like uh, intuitivity there. But if you show her a new dog she's gonna guess right but she more or less know okay it doesn't look like a tree it doesn't look like a, a traffic light okay it's, then she goes dog but she doesn't say it with 100 percent accuracy mm. right There's, there might be a, a element of her that's still a guesswork mm. so that's what we're actually working on right now is like how do you actually improve the accuracy uh you know when this girl says dog she really knows for sure 100 percent accuracy that is a dog mm. um uh, and, uh, yeah, so how many training set? Obviously, the more, the merrier. Cause the more you have, the more likelihood you're gonna get a closer match to, mm. to whatever training data that you fed it with, lah.
0: Okay. Sure. But then, would you be able I mean, to? Think, yeah, like
1: okay, so 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 a rough number in your in your mind, it can be as low as three, five, or, or ten. Five. Okay, three is three is also okay, depending on what's your your your, your quality level. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you expecting. Uh, but generally for the projects that I work on, is at least hundred thousand uh, images. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we, we process videos in real time and mm. videos is possible because they are pretty much frame rates per second, right? Mm. So we can always slice them and process frame by frame. Uh, each has an image.
0: So would you be able to sort of like go to the net and like grab violent pictures and then just sort of fit it in uh, uh, rather than, you know, mm. actual video?
1: Subjective. You know, it depends. So... For example, if I'm a manufacturer of uh, iPhones Mm -hmm. and I train I've never fed it an image of iPhone before, but I train it with so many different kinds of like other phones. When it sees an iPhone, you know, it's not it it can recognize the iPhone but it's not gonna be as reliable if I feed it training photos of the iPhone itself, right? Mm -hmm. Such an example can see an iPhone. So yes you can scrape Google or Google images for yep. stuff to do generic object detections and, and and things like that. But if you are looking at industrial applications where the company's uh, dollars and cents are dependent on this recognition feature, uh, you you know, you should actually train it to that precise accuracy that they are looking for uh, in that specific context that they scoped out.
0: Right. That still sounds very primitive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh yeah, so 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 I I know right. The media likes to go like oh flying cars, oh you know oh a minority report <laughs> and things like that. Um, but uh, the hype is definitely uh, way beyond the technological uh, developments and capabilities that we yeah. have today.
0: And and how much um storage does you know um um needs to have like an MB or if we're talking about gigabyte or if we're talking about terabyte over here?
1: Depends, depends again. So, okay, so um, in the past, I mean... AI has been around for a long time, right? It's only the advances of deep learning then we, you know, it, it, there's a resurgence of all the hype. Uh, but in the past, it was a lot of uh, GPU, as in sorry, CPU based uh, and it's slow. So, for example, it could be uh, 800 gigabytes in the past uh, to for that software for recognition to run. But the software today that we train with neural nets. Could be 80 MB, itself eight hundred oh, wow. gigabytes, so it can be reduced in uh, a, a massive. Uh, I mean, in terms file packet size, so it's very lightweight. You can run it on your phone. You can run it on a Raspberry Pi. You can run it on various things. Right. But of course, um, I, this is. I'm just saying this generally. doesn't apply to all the neural network models out there that are that lightweight. But for uh, for for a lot of people choose to record down the video footage right so if let's say I uh, I'm running a CCTV I there is a need for me to actually have a network video recorder plugged into it because uh, if let's say a theft or a robbery happens I need to use it as evidence yeah. so there goes your memory <laughs>
0: Right, but you can, you, you can still train um, um, maybe or uh, do if there's violent then record then the memory would be significantly... Yes.
1: But, you know, like any software, uh, it will have errors. Right. There will be false positives. And sometimes with neural nets, it will change over time. Because whatever d- data that you are capturing is usually fed back as training data for the neural net model to improve its accuracy. Huh. So there's a possibility that it can, you know, change a little bit over time. Got it.
0: Um, and what what about you t- want to talk a little bit about deep learning and where uh, d- is that is that it or like is there something more to that now?
1: It's very fun in the research uh, field where we get it to play games, we get it to generate random movie scripts that doesn't really make sense and laugh at it, uh, advertisements by feeding it past advertisements etc. But a lot of it is. As a majority of it is still stuck in the proof of concept stage and mm. not really out and implementable.
0: Anything exciting that has already been implemented?
1: Mm. Um, facial recognition—that's <laughs> exciting, right?
0: Right, yeah. To, what, what, what about facial rec- recognition?
1: Oh, the Chinese are the best at it. Um, <laughs> not really, really. We are also Chinese,
0: right? <laughs>
1: oh, no, 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 no. Far, far from their standards, eh, to be honest. Right. So it's like, you know, the Americans, whenever Silicon Valley, they come out with like, innovations or what, every step of the way, they will announce like, hey, you know, there's this development and they were celebrating in the media. The Chinese are just like stealth. They develop, they develop, develop, and poof! Here, you go, full facial recognition and go like, wait, what? When did you develop this? And it's very hard to learn from them as well because it's such a black box to us. Uh, Uh, yeah,
0: so. What is full facial recognition?
1: Sorry, facial recognition. No,
0: no, no, full facial. I
1: mean, like you said, different. Oh, 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 oh uh, As in facial recognition in general. So, from what I heard, I mean, legend has said that uh, all they need is just one train, one or two training images of a person's face of a new person, and they are able to recognize that person with almost hundred percent accuracy.
0: With what kind of um image quality? I don't know. I don't know. It's such a black no, box. No one, no one able to. To get their hands on and, and try it, lah.
1: Uh, you, some have, but I, uh, I, I'll be going to Beijing and Shanghai later, uh, later on this right, year right. to really like finally play around it for myself. Uh, but it's 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 tough learning from the Chinese to be honest because they keep they hold their playing cards so close to them. Huh. Uh, and they if you ask them how they do it, they're never gonna tell you, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. So yeah, I mean. China is done copying the rest of the world. Now the rest of the world have to struggle to comp- comp- copy uh, what China has done. So it is amazing. Yeah.
0: Wow. And then where where like like is there an institution or you know people can look at for this Chinese research? Or where do you find on the dark webs? You it is? You gotta go on Hainan and then. No, no, not, Paul, not, not uh,
1: really. I, <laughs> I, I, I haven't really explored the Chinese market. <laughs> it's definitely one of the things that I want to uh, look more into this year, um, but I, I can't answer you right now. I, I, I myself have no idea. Hmm. They, they've been very quiet for a long time, and suddenly. Boom out there, and everyone's still a little bit shell shocked by the amazing achievements that they've they've made. Right? So, when do you find
0: where, where did they release this? I mean, where do you find the news of the release of this?
1: Oh, uh, I uh, this uh, uh, very high up CEO in a very big MNC. Uh, he he turns to me once in a while for tech advice. Right. So he was going to China and he said that he's gonna review this certain equipment and this is what the salesman told him and he wants to go and try it for himself and he wanted to get my inputs on on whether you know it's possible or or, or what's the likelihood. Oh, of, so like
0: even even the source of you hearing it is it's not even on there.
1: No, it's not. Yeah, okay, okay. Like, okay, so it's like, you know, wow. how Amazon Gold Store, the one in Seattle, you know, before the launch, it really created a very big hype and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, 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 and the, the checkout thing. But, you know, the Ali Alibaba supermarket, huh. uh, where it's similar, but like, of three course. Three years ago. Like, yeah, and you, you scan and pay everything. Why is it that there's not enough hype around it? Because, you know, they're just, yeah, you don't hear about it. Only recently, about like one or two years ago, did I hear about you know this, this I didn't this new like, to me. Herma, you know about the Herma no. uh, supermarket? Oh, so so yeah, you you go in there, you scan stuff uh, with your mobile phone, and you don't pay anything with cash, and it's your normal grocery store. And they've been implementing this for quite a while now. Uh, and it's such. So, Amazon Gold Store is very hard to replicate, right? Because there's so much infrastructure that goes on and everything. This is such a feasible idea
0: that
1: that you can actually replicate uh, at a lower cost and quickly throughout the nation.
0: So, basically, what you're saying is that they use their own phones and then they just scan the barcode. uh, And then they just... Put it in their
1: bag, not necessarily barcode. I think you just take a photo of like the crab or something like that. Oh, that's it was okay. cool. But it's it's really cool. It's just that it's not sensationalized in the media and not a lot of people get to know it. So, you know, China is kind of like a little world of its own. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I think you mentioned a little bit about Andrew uh, Okocera.
1: Oh Andrew Eng. yeah
0: he was also quite I mean he went to China to 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 study a little bit and he was just shocked by the the speed of uh, implementation uh, of how they, they 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 create stuff yes
1: they are very 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 good at implementing things
0: yeah 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 um cool let's I mean like if one person wanted to learn more about AI uh do you want to like give a sort of like a 101 hack on how to learn more about AI and to sort of, uh, if people are interested, what are some of the things that they can test out if they really, and then sort of like, okay, maybe I'm not interested. <laughs> or, and then after, if they still do, then like, what are the few next steps, I guess?
1: Uh, depends, depends. So how I would say this is that, you know, do you have a coding background or do you not have a coding background? Do you have a mathematical background or do you not have it? Uh things like that. So okay, so wait, let me let me rephrase that.
0: Two dances or no.
1: No, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it. yes. It's just that the way you approach AI would be very different if you are a coder versus you are a researcher or a mathematician, right? Yeah. So if you are a mathematician, then what you want is, uh, to look up on the, the, the various concepts. Mm-hmm. Because programming is a different world of its own. Because you need to look at how to optimize the Python code and, you know, uh, probably learn CUDA to optimize the GPUs and things like that. If you are from a coding background, then obviously you are more inclined towards uh, the code stuff. So it'll be easier for you to read code, copy, paste and modify from it hmm. instead of like going through all the whole theoretical concepts as, as deep as a mathematician would go into. Uh, or if you just like to get your hands dirty, um, with minimal coding and and everything, just go use uh, Google Vision API or uh, the various uh, apps on on Amazon that you can use to uh, play around with object recognition and 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 landmark detection. So and what is this like Google that. Google Vision API? Google Vision. If yeah. you
0: Google that, you'll be able to find.
1: Yeah. So so I think you can create an account and there were I right now I think they're giving like three hundred dollar free credits per new user, uh. So just 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 play with it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So Google Vision API for people who have no background at all. And oh, you still need a little oh, bit of a background so of would you coding. Say, do you recommend any causes out there uh, to causes get up there. to speed or like YouTube videos?
1: Oh, yeah. Um... What is TensorFlow? You can start by Googling that, you know. Uh, Google what is TensorFlow, uh, you know, um, what is cafe, uh, how to get started in TensorFlow. I mean, you can just YouTube simple stuff like that. And, you know, one video will lead to the next for sure.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll just uh, TensorFlow then. Yeah. How
1: TensorFlow? T-E-N-S-O-R-F-L-O-W.
0: Okay. TensorFlow.
1: Flow. Okay,
0: okay. Well, let's. Uh, yeah, start
1: there. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, hey. If I have a hardware idea, uh, I yeah, I want to I want to make it happen because I want to prove to the to the investors yeah. that it's a proof of concept. Mm. Uh, how would I go about um making uh, that happen?
1: Very difficult Very, very, very difficult So hardware is pretty much a big boys game, right? Where you're looking at The more volume you have uh, The cheaper the cost of production Per unit If you want to manufacture one unit It's going to be ridiculously expensive uh, And all you get is just that one unit And when you make a hardware product You have to go through multiple iterations And each iteration You don't need 10 pieces You just need one or two, right? Uh, very very expensive. Um so uh, it really depends. If you that when I first started there was no hardware incubator here in Singapore, no hardware accelerator here in Singapore. So uh, to do what I wanted to do, I had to go overseas uh to get it done.
0: Right, so I would then so, go overseas to
1: Yeah. It but I what I heard is that, you know, Things are more receptive here in Singapore, although the cost of manufacturing just one unit is still very expensive. because
0: much are looking at? Oh, yeah, actually, we, I don't know, right? Because it de- really depends on... So, what yeah, I'm I mean, producing, if, I guess. If it's a
1: small IoT device, yeah. like a small box, uh, expect it to be maybe... Uh, I, mean, ju- the, I mean, that one's just a simple PCB, so I guess you can just do it within like a couple of hundred dollars. Right. But if you are looking to make a full-fledged uh, board, uh, you know, that's thirty no, 10. Yeah, study, IP, IP uh, or as in certified by licensing Because when you want to sell a, a device, you know, hardware device It needs to get go through certain certifications uh, You're looking at, like, at least uh, four or five figures uh, It's not cheap, right. definitely, yeah
0: So, like, the smart approach would then be To go to a hardware incubator and speak to the relevant people who have done it before, would that be... But
1: I I I would say though, uh, that if you're going into hardware, you need to think twice. Mainly because once you do a hardware device, uh, the other big boys will see how profitable it is, know of your skill of, 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 of production and who try to beat you to it. And it's not hard to... And, and you know, hardware is... Uh, is, is you, there's a fixed price that you can sell it. You can't sell it for an a amount of money uh, because people more or less know each how much each component costs. Mm. So if you try to upsell your product, uh, some other company will try to undercut you and they might even pack in more features. This, this is kind of like what China did with Arduino, right? On yeah. AliExpress and things like that. They actually modified the the original Arduino to make it even more powerful than the, than, than the original one so and it was just a fraction of the price it's a very competitive game so if you're in it for the long term uh, I would advise you to think twice uh, definitely um, and usually a hardware company just sticks to manufacturing hardware uh, hmm. because they come up with different products different iterations to continue remaining relevant in uh, the, the, the right. time ahead
0: so I guess uh, um, the way to think about hardware is that if you really want that product to exist then go do a proof of concept and then not think about profits in the long run <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because then, I mean, at least the product will exist, so we can use it. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So 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 now we're talking because about, about patents. and yeah.
0: there's no use of that uh, when it comes to the, the land of the 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 so, so unknown. So, so, so. <laughs>
1: You know, the ARM chip, they have a very, very fabulous patenting strategy. They make their money through licensing. So the original ARM company, I don't think they really manufacture a lot of the ARM products, as mm. in the the, the the devices themselves, but they license out their technology to a lot of other companies for them to use the ARM chips and become like manufacturers for it. Right. And because of that, they are such a rich and big company. So there are different ways around it, uh, but you know you just really need to do your research. The hardware game is... Uh, Big boys scheme. <laughs> That's all yeah. I can say.
0: Okay. Uh, if one is thinking about uh, doing hardware, um, what are some of the strategies uh, that one can remain competitive?
1: Mm. Um, if you are a small startup, it makes sense to do a partnership. Uh, and collaboration with a much bigger company who's willing to back you so you can at least hide behind their weight. Hmm. Uh, if you are a big company, then you don't need any advice from me. <laughs> 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 right? Uh, but yes. Um,
0: How will you then approach the big company uh, to formulate that deal?
1: So, a lot of the big hardware companies, uh, I can't speak for all, but uh, they are very traditional so, for example, if I manufacture, if I, if I'm the manufacturer for this AKG headphones and I know that it sells well, it's a product that sells well and, uh, you know, uh, why should I change any of op- anything about my operations or why should I even take in a new product? So you really need to find a partner that, uh, is willing to explore uh, new technologies and new innovations and recognize that trends are changing uh, and that they need to keep up with the standards. Uh, so by convincing them that, you know, whatever product that you have is on the cutting edge of technology and that there will be a high demand from it, uh, they will be more inclined to partner with you because as a hardware manufacturer, uh, their main source of profit is through sales, right? Uh, you know, whether or not they sell a lot of units uh, and they are ma- man- able to manufacture in bulk to cut down costs, you know, they'll mean uh, better for them. So, uh, yeah, look for, look for this kind of companies.
0: So once, so once, so you still need to produce the first uh, uh, brand and then use a proof of concept to say that, hey, people actually do want it and this is a demand. I need to ramp it up and I'm looking for partners. And so you have some chips on your, on your Depends.
1: Side. Depends. I mean, so it, when you want to try to convince uh, people whether it works or it doesn't work, it could be as uh, high level as a concept stage, right? So you just try to convince them that the concept is a is a is a is a jackpot, uh, and you can show all the stats. Uh, and and say, you know, all these people promised to buy if I if only I manufactured and materialized this concept, you know, come let's embark on it together. Or there's another way of course which is to manufacture a few units, let it out, let some testers or beta testers uh, you know, tinker with it and then come back and then you make some iterations and then you manufacture different ways. Different ways of convincing them. Mm.
0: Yeah. So there isn't there isn't like a set
1: no, are, of course there is no set, set, oh, like set, optimal, set formula to ep- success. Way to,
0: no way to go about it. No. no,
1: it really depends. It really, really, really depends. Mm. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess uh, the, I think maybe it will be no harm to go to a few too.
1: Oh, definitely. You huh. should shop around. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, you should shop around. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay, quick. Let's uh, I'll do the quick round of questions uh, for you. Uh, is there any uh, books or, or book you have given most as a gift?
1: I don't read. <laughs> My mom used to try to pay me to read. So she's like, uh, if you finish King Solomon's Minds, I'll give you $5. And I finished one book. It took me many months to finish it. And then she quizzed me like crazy. And of course, because I took so long to read the book, I didn't remember. And she was... She, I, yeah. <laughs> so no, no, I, I don't enjoy reading because... It out. You, it's one thing to read about, oh, the hippopotamus, you know, they live in the rivers and they're such a massive creature and so strong and so powerful. And it's another thing to actually watch it on a documentary, right? To see the hippo happily splashing around in the river and like, you know, uh, when, when this deer comes or anything, it just launches at it and then there's a sound element and everything. So I, I, I much prefer watching documentaries and I'm a TV show kind of person instead of a, a books person. Okay. so yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, what have you purchased recently under a hundred that has most impacted your life? <laughs>
1: Uh, my sports energy drink uh, so I recently started training again for my marathon in North Korea um, and you know the day can be quite busy and uh, in the middle of the day I get quite you know uh, tired and that, that that energy drink just gives me that like little boost of energy for me to push myself uh, and get a more effective workout when I train.
0: Is there any specific Drink or brand that
1: the one I'm doing now. Uh, optimal nutrition amino energy, (laughs) pineapple (laughs) flavor. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Um, What's the worst advice uh, you see or hear being dispensed in your world?
1: Follow your passion. Ah, uh, it's such a vague statement. Uh, yeah, follow your passion, follow your passion. I mean, most people don't even know what is their passion, right? I mean, most people don't know what exactly is it that they want in life. I mean, to be more specific, I would say follow your interests, right? Follow If if you have a curiosity for something, allow yourself to explore it. Allow yourself to go down that rabbit hole uh, and, you know, just read up about it. And if you feel like you want to take it a level further, uh, you know, just turn up the notch, uh, delve deeper and deeper into it. And when you're curious about something, you tend to pick up skills much faster. And that gives you an edge over your peers, really. And when you, and obviously as the further you explore, the further you learn about it, you know, you start getting good at it, more opportunities come up along the way. And, you know, you, there you go. Um, it's, I think it's follow your passion is too <laughs> too vague. Most people go like they misinterpret it or they don't know what to do with that statement. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, when you think of the word successful, uh, who came into your mind, and why?
1: Oh, what did I answer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, who came into my mind when I say success? No, I. I don't have a particular idol per se. Um, I see success based on the person's moral values and the person's ethics and how they carry themselves. Uh, so, and how happy they are. So, I wouldn't say that, you know, someone in a high CEO position is successful if he's just, you know, a, a miserable old fart. <laughs> um uh, and I wouldn't not, yeah, so I I, I would say I, I, I don't have an uh, an idol that I look up to or a go-to figure, uh, but um, I see success in terms of uh, human values, yeah, and whether you or not you embody them. So a lot of people are successful, I feel, but, you know, they're quite hard to find.
0: <laughs> okay. Are there any uh, routines or habits that you find important? Morning or evening routines?
1: Yeah... Get enough sleep. Eight hours a day. Uh, yeah, people are quite shocked when they hear that. Oh my god, Annabelle, you have eight hours of sleep a day. I was like, yeah, if not, I know. I will be like a walking zombie and like, you know, uh, it's important to, I, for me at least, it's important to get eight hours of sleep because, uh, I feel that I can perform my best when I'm well rested. And when I perform my best, you know, I'm more efficient in everything I do. So I actually do things much faster, uh, than normal. And also, I, f- I, I think uh, two hours exercise uh, three times a week is at least three times a week is very important as well. Uh, because, you know, you get yourself, get your body moving and the mind is connected to the body, right? So uh, it, it kind of like, you know, it's, it's like maintenance for your mind as well. And it gets it's, health, it's a healthy thing to do. Got it.
0: Um, what are some of the most common misconceptions about you, you know, or your work?
1: that I am a workaholic and that I am very busy all the time. <laughs> so like when I tell people that I'm very busy, sometimes, truth be told, I'm just like sitting in front of my computer watching like cute cat videos on YouTube <laughs> and uh, you know, just like, you know, wasting my life away in a bar, uh <laughs> and listening to, you know, um jazz music and ch- and, and chit chat. No, but uh, the thing is that um I have very I, I very clearly defined working hours and personal time. So, you know, uh, when I tell people from the work life that I'm busy, I meant that, you know, within my dedicated work time, I don't have, I, I, it's all packed. But for my personal time, it's kind of free and easy. One thing is that I, uh, I craft out this personal uh, time so to make sure that I don't burn out and also to make sure that I am not always within this bubble of work and that you know I, 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 I explore other elements of life as well.
0: Any ask of e- requests uh, for the audience? Um, thoughts to take away, to consider, to try? Or otherwise,
1: I don't know. Actually, whatever that you should be thinking about, you would most probably know that you should be thinking about it. It's just that you don't want to think about it, <laughs> right? Very better. Uh, yeah. Um. But yeah. No. Don't take life too seriously. Definitely. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh look at look at more pictures of cute dogs and cute cats and cute animals on the internet. yeah, it makes life happy <laughs> and uh you know if you want, you can just like uh twitter message me like some random things and like some jokes I love jokes just like the more random the the better <laughs> but yeah, no, don't take life too seriously
0: um are there any upcoming projects that uh people can uh, look forward to?
1: yes. So I think I spoke about this a few times in the interview. on how I want to make AI more uh, affordable and easy to use. And that's one of the projects I'm working on, which is the marketplace. The name is not finalized. So one thing I believe is that you don't need to know how to code uh AI in AI to use AI, right? So it's it's kind of like you don't need to know how to program a mobile phone app to use your iPhone, your, your iPhone app or you don't need to know electrical engineering to drive a car. Uh, same thing, can you actually make it a click, click, click process for uh, businesses to apply AI within their field? So um, we are creating this marketplace starting with the retail industry and the security industry uh, the later industries where we haven't uh, thought about it yet but uh, it's a very simple download and install kind of software where you can just run an AI stuff on it uh, run an AI software on it. So for example, um, window shopping right So if you run a boutique shop or, or uh, any shop, You kind of want to know the demographics of the people who are walking past your your shop. So their age, their gender, how many people at what time, things like that. You can capture all these analytics so you can actually optimize your window display. And also you can measure conversion. So, for marketing agencies, you know, which is very hard to justify KPIs because previously their, their advertisement KPI is based on the number of sales of the shop, uh, not really based on the ads. But if I can able, if, if I'm able to justify, saying like, okay, this person stared at the ad and because of staring at the ad for like three seconds or five seconds, he walked into the shop, you know, it, it, it can kind of help them justify their KPI as well. So, things like that, generic.
0: So what the, what does the marketplace do, uh, to implement that?
1: Uh, so it will feature multiple, uh, softwares within each category. So under retail, probably four or five softwares. Uh, so window shopping is just one of them. There is product bounce rate, uh, customer's journey. You can analyze a customer's journey within the store. Uh, also, oh, so maybe let me elaborate on product bounce rate. Um, so if everyone picks up these iPhones and go, wow, this iPhone very nice. And then they see the price like, oh, okay, not nice. They put it down. You can't capture this analytics, right? And in a high, in in big, uh, corporate structures where high up management is very disassociated with the lower level management running the store, you know, you're losing out on all this valuable data, and uh, people are making business decisions on. Assumptions and they are not really backed by data. So what if we can collect all this data and say that you know, hey, uh, this product is garnering a lot of interest, but you know, maybe it's a price tag that's a fault or something that's a pro- fault. But uh, you know, a lot uh, people of age twenty and thirties generally pick up this particular item. How can you better optimize it? Things like that. So 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 there are various features within each uh, each industry vertical that we're going into. So. The reason why we're going into vertical by vertical is because each industry has different risk tolerance level. So, if, for example, if I own a... If if I train a body posture uh, neural network model, I can use it in the security industry, right, to identify uh, the body posture of people who are looking suspiciously in a corner. And I can also use it in the medical industry, right, to see uh, whether the patient is doing his physiotherapy uh, properly.
0: Would you say it's kind of like a... App Store for AI stuff.
1: Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. App store for AI. Um yes. That that yeah, App Store for AI I guess. <laughs> But generally uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't decided on the name yet. Feel free to suggest. Uh
0: uh I I yeah. <laughs> AI Store.
1: AI Store. Yeah. Uh, I store.
0: Ah, there you go. Hey but but <laughs> well, do you have any matrix of success? Um to know like when to put a plug and when to continue, I think.
1: Plug on what?
0: Um the mm. idea.
1: On the marketplace. Mm. Hmm. I'm not sure actually. Um I'm not sure. That's fine. I'm okay with people using illegal copies of it if they can't afford to pay. Um, That I will not put a plug on. But I don't know. If they use it for... uh, I mean, if it's predominantly used for the negative social impact stuff, uh, then yeah, most probably I'll put a plug. But I don't see how that would work out. Hmm. Yeah.
0: All right, man. Uh, where can people find all this uh, information on the interwebs of you and uh, this upcoming projects and stuff?
1: So I'm a young person, right? I'm a millennial. I am on the internet a lot. <laughs> it's
0: Careful not boxing yourself early. So <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll 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 grow this box after a while. No, but but yeah, it's not it's not difficult to find me. You can just find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, um, yeah, any anyway, anywhere on the internet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, per- per- perfect, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Cool. Done.
0: Hey, what's up, people? It's over as usual. All show notes, links, books can be found on website Brian. Victor.com and again if you have any friends uh, who's keen on uh, getting their health in order losing some weight looking good and have tried all sorts of funky diets and training regimes and have not worked out uh, send me an email um, email is us at brianvictor.com I look forward to hearing their stories and all your stories and if you have also any misfits anyone that you think is interesting and you want to hear more from drop me an email too thank you so much for giving your time and listening to this episode. I hope you have a fantastic week ahead.